Well, welcome to Phase One Podcast, Week 14 Recap. Um, I'm Kaysan LaVenture, and I got my good friend. What's up, guys? My name is uh, Tom Godwin, and nice to meet you guys. Um, this is, again, Phase One, uh, just talking about, you know, sports on stereo. So, let's get into it. So, um, I guess so, this yeah, is Week Week 14. Yeah, this week, week 14 recap. So, just to let you know how I hit all my picks. My picks, I went 11 and 4. Um, what was your record as far as your picks? Um, <clears throat> I went, I think, 10 and I think 10 and 5, I think, if I'm correct. So far. 10 and 5, so I had the better week. Yeah. Had the better week. So, um, like I was saying, as far as we're going to do stuff a little bit different now, um, I kind of want to do something called Game Balls. So, if anybody's listening, um, you guys can let me know who would you give your Game Balls. It can be a team. It can be a player. It can be an organization. It could be a GM of the week. Um, so, that's something that we're trying to do this week and that we can go into the, the recap of the games and we can talk a little college football. So, let's get started with the first game, um, the Giants and Cardinals. I know I picked the Giants. Um, that game was really bad to watch. And they turned it off halfway through the game. Um, Hassan Reddick had five sacks. <coughs> He's actually one of my game balls, but I'll get that to that later in the show. But <sighs> Giants disappointed me this week. I, I don't think Daniel Jones I, – I didn't feel like Daniel Jones was ready. I didn't think he had enough practice time. So, that's my thoughts on the Giants. So now they're in second place in the NFC East. Well, um, I, honestly, honestly, uh, I thought that the Giants, like, well, I said this last week to you that, like, I said it last week that I was like, listen, because I don't really think that the Cardinals are going to lose this game because they just had two. They had recently two rough back-to-back losses, so I really didn't feel like uh, the Giants was going to pull through. Even though they were playing well, I just feel like they didn't. They were going to pull through and and play. And then, um, lo and behold, Kyle Murray, basically the the, the three-headed monster, you know, Kenyon Drake, Kyle Murray, and DeAndre Hopkins, they all came through at the end. You know what I mean? DeAndre with um, DeAndre Hopkins with. 136 yards, Keenan Drake with 80 yards rushing, and then Kyle Murray, you know, through the air, he had 244 yards and a touchdown. So I just feel like um, this is them This is them trying to get back on the uh, defeat, the, the to try to make their way into uh, making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be kind of hard for them to make the playoffs because they play in a crazy division. <laughs> they got the Seahawks and the Rams, yeah. and we all know that the Rams – are playing really good football, especially on that defensive side of the ball. So I feel like it's going to be extremely hard for the Seahawks – not the Seahawks, I mean – Cardinals. to make the playoffs. I mean, I, I like they're playing well, but I don't know if they're going to make it. But let's go to the second game. Let's go to the Broncos. Like I told you, the Broncos <laughs> are going to beat the Carolina Panthers. But my boy, let's talk about my boy Drew Locke, though. My boy Drew Locke came out to play. Remember, we we talked about it on Saturday. We said that 
Drew Locke had to have a statement game to prove to the organization that he could be worth the starting quarterback. He was 21 for 27, 280 yards and four touchdowns. He played extremely well against that Carolina team. I know it's not saying much because it's Carolina, but he did come out to play. So what's your thoughts on that game? My thoughts on that game is, um, okay, number one, you were correct. You picked the right team. Denver did come out to play. Um, I still think at the end of the day, I still think Teddy Bridgewater did really good. You know, he threw for uh, 283 yards. But it was, like you said, it was Drew Locke, man. He came out to play, you know, saying he had a career high of four touchdowns and 280 yards, like, in the air. So – and the Broncos special teams came in and uh, played good, too. So, I feel like they deserved that win. Yeah, that was an all-around effort for the Broncos. Um, So Mm – as far as a GM, if you're the GM of the Denver Broncos, what are you looking at? Are you feeling like, hey, Drew Locke could be that guy? Because I think it's John Elway that's the GM of that team. Do, do you rock mm-hmm. out with Drew Locke or do you look towards the draft? Because they're still going to be drafting high. So if you're the GM, what are you doing as far as the quarterback situation? Well, I feel like Drew Locke proved that, you know, he could – If he, if, <clears throat> I feel like he proved that, you know, once the, he gets – like he can get better – you know what I mean? I feel like the, he proved that there's no rush to draft another quarterback. I feel like what you do for quarterbacks like him, like you, like he literally he proved Sunday he could be a he could be a, a starting franchise quarterback. I feel what you do is you just you draft around him. You know what I'm saying? Get like a um, you know a good offensive line. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You know, add more weapons onto the offense, and then you just build that defense up around uh, around him as well. So that way, you know. Just like how the Seahawks did with Russell Wilson, you know what I'm saying? They gave him some weapons. They they helped they helped out with getting a good defense. And look, you know, they became the Super Bowl champs. So I feel like that's kind of what you need to do. Just build around them. You know what I mean? Because he's a, he's a actually a good quarterback and he could he can compete. Yeah, I, I have to agree with what you said. Everything you said was <laughs> was spot on. Um I feel like you have to take advantage of his rookie contract. You don't have to pay him immediately. I mean, either way you won't go wrong, even if you do let Drew Lock go after the end of the season. And you go draft uh, one of these quarterbacks. I mean, you're not going to go wrong anyway. I feel like you have to improve the defense. Defense isn't as bad as people thought it would be. But um, you're going to get Von Miller back. But you don't know how Von Miller is going to be coming off that ACL injury. But you're going to have you got you got you got to do a little bit of tweaking there. I don't know their cap space, but you're going to have to do a little tweaking here and there to make that roster go. But I don't want to get too hype on Drew Lock because it was only one game. So uh, let's see what he does next week. So let's go on to this next game. Another upset pick that I picked. Uh, I told you about the Chicago Bears beating the Houston oh Texans. Chicago Bears beat them thirty-six to seven. I knew that's. I knew that's why you didn't want to text me during that game. I told you <laughs> Trubisky was going to come through. It was Trubisky was hearing a lot of hate in the media from ESPN to Fox to local radio, and you got to remember that. Him and Watson was in the same draft class, so he was definitely trying to outshine my boy Watson. I love you, <laughs> Deshaun, but you did not play this week. Um, Trubisky was 24 for 33, 267, and three touchdowns. Um, I mean, they're still not going to the playoffs, so it doesn't matter what he does. But, I mean, he's pretty much, what they say, performing for uh, auditioning for other teams. Cause I think Chicago pretty much knows who he is. You're going to get games out of this from Trubisky where he looks amazing. And then I wouldn't be surprised next week if, if he throws three interceptions. 
But, I mean, my upset pick, so if people were listening, I mean, y'all probably want some money, but I tried to tell Tom that the Bears was going to win this game, and I didn't know they was going to win this game. Um, yeah, um, honestly, listen, Deshaun Watson been playing absolutely out of his mind lately. And the, the, the Bears uh, from 2019, I think it was, that I think they went 12-4 and four that year, if I'm correct, that mm-hmm. team showed up today. You know what I'm saying? Um, that that was the Bears team that was supposed to be there all season. That was the Mitch Trubisky team that was supposed to play all season. And like you said, you know, 267 yards um, in the air with three touchdowns. And then the running game stepped up tremendously, too. David Montgomery, you know, 11 carries and 113 when a touchdown. So um, I just feel like you were right. You know, the Bears deserved this win. They played really well. Yeah, it's just one of those games where, like, you know, when if you're a competitor, you're gonna if if we were in the same draft class and and you were well, I think who was drafted before Trubisky was drafted or Watson was drafted. So whoever's listening, y'all can tell me who was drafted first. But it's just like you wanna you wanna show up against your peers um, when you play football. So I think Trubisky was a little bit motivated and woke up and ate his Wheaties that morning and came through and destroyed the Texans. So the next game on the schedules, another one that I picked as far as the spread <laughs> was the Cowboys destroying the Bengals. I said it wasn't going to be close. I said the Cowboys were a little bit more talented. Well, not a little bit, a lot more talented than the Cincinnati Bengals. I just didn't think Cincinnati had enough firepower to compete with the Dallas Cowboys. So I know my man Dan Rod, if you're listening, I know that's your team. Um, that's probably going to be the last one that they get for the season. So enjoy it and bask in the sun. Okay, so with this game, right? <clears throat> if you look at if you look at stat wise, you wouldn't if you didn't look at the score and you looked at the stat wise, you would think Cincinnati won the game. You know what I mean? Brandon mm-hmm. Allen had two, two over two hundred yards. Um Travion Williams had, you know, fifty yards rushing, and AJ Green had sixty two yards and a touchdown. But I think what made the, the Cowboys played good was the overall effort. You know, Andy Dawn played good enough to win. And it was a lot it was a lot of mistakes that the Bengals did. Like I think it was like a fumble return for a touchdown and stuff like that. It was a lot of it was a <clears throat> it was a lot of mistakes that the um, the Bengals did that to, to put them in that position to get beat like that. And I just feel like this this just proves that they miss Joe Burrow uh, dearly. Yeah, Joe Burrow is definitely a spiritual leader as far as that team. Like he, he motivates that team to compete, and you could definitely see um, Joe Burrow was definitely going to change the culture of Cincinnati because I remember watching him play, and these games were competitive. I, I feel like if he was there, I think the Cowboys probably still would have won this game, but it would have been a lot more competitive. So I hope Joe is resting up from the surgery, and I can't wait to see him next year. Him and a lot of people that got hurt. Um, so the next game on the schedule was actually a really close game. It was the Chiefs and the Dolphins. I picked the Chiefs, but Mahomes threw three picks. I think this is the first time in his career that he threw three picks. I mean, he played okay. He was 24 for 34, 393, two touchdowns and three picks. Um, Tyreek Hill was actually the leading rusher in this game with one carry for 32 yards. And as far as the receiving, uh, Kelsey, eight catches, 136 yards and a touchdown. Um, but it didn't matter because they still clinched the AFC West with that win. So, I mean, 
Mahomes was kind of leading the MVP discussion, but he kind of leaving room for a lot of people to come back in, and we'll talk about certain individuals later into the show. But what was your thoughts about that game? Well, um, I remember I did say that, you know, to take Kansas City across the board, and I'm so sorry for that. But one thing, um, when you said about he was leading the MVP discussion, People have to people have to realize this. So okay, he threw three interceptions. You gotta remember, um, Miami has the top cornerback in the NFL right now, Xavier Howard. You know what I mean? He leads the league in interceptions. He has like an interception. Um, he has like uh, I think five games with straight with interception. And then you got um, Graham's on the other side. So their cornerbacks are not are not. Uh, bad. They're actually pretty decent, solid, good cornerbacks. But here's the thing. So number one, he yes, he threw three interceptions, but he only, he threw for almost 400 yards. Number mm-hmm. two, they put up what I think 28 points in 10 minutes. So if three interceptions takes him out of the this MVP discussion, then whoever is doing the MVP voting is blind. Because I mean. Three interceptions and you still and you're still able to come out with a win against a good, not 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 a not a bad, a good Miami team. Like like I feel like sometimes when you want to win the MVP race or something like that, or you're or like or you want to show your toughness, is games like these that really prove it. You know what I mean? And I think he proved it. You know what I'm saying? He still he still was. He only had ten incompletions. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I feel I feel you on that, but here's the thing though, like he's he's he I'm not saying like he's not gonna run away. Well, he's not definitely not gonna run away with the MVP no MVP discussion anymore. Cause think about it, Lamar Jackson, when we talk about that game, he played well towards the end. He came out and did some some miraculous oh, stuff towards the end. You can't forget about Russell going against the Jets. So I mean, it's still his award it's still his award to lose, but I mean there's other people in the discussion. So, I mean, Chiefs did their thing. Let's talk about a little bit about Tua. He was 28 for 48, 316, um, two touchdowns in the pick. I mean, Miami's still in the conversation. I mean, Baltimore is creeping up. So, um, what's your thoughts on, on Miami? Actually, um, Tua's been playing really good. I feel like this is probably the best Miami team we've seen in years. You know what I mean? Like, it's probably – it's finally coming all together. The only thing I'm kind of still iffy about is the quarterback situation because the scary thing is both quarterbacks are actually playing good. You know what I mean? So, I feel like the head coach, I feel like he really doesn't know what to do because, say, for example, if Tua has a bad game, then the next week Fitzpatrick will start. If Fitzpatrick has a a, a bad game, then the next week Tua will start. You, you know what I mean? And they're both playing well. They're not they're, – they're both – they're both – I think they have, like – majority like tied up from uh their wins this season you know what i mean so like um overall for two of the play um i think he might win offensive rookie of the year it was going to be joe but you know unfortunately he had the injury so two of mike's uh sneak that one out i might have to disagree with you as far as offensive rookie of the year uh we can't forget about my boy in la Justin Herbert, like, we can't, even though he's losing, he's still putting up godly numbers as a rookie. So, I mean, we'll talk about him when we get to that game. But I just want to say that point before we get any further. So, the next game on the schedule is the Titans versus Jaguars. I think we both had the uh, Tennessee Titans winning easily. 
I think you had the game a little closer, but I picked them on the spread. Um, Henry ran for 215, and Henry did his thing. I mean, Tennessee is going to be dangerous in the playoffs. As we know, Tannehill didn't turn the ball over. Um, A.J. Brown helped me out in fantasy a lot. That man had seven catches, 112, and a touchdown. So, shout out to A.J. Brown for doing his thing this week. Um, Yeah, I picked Tennessee, so I was on a little streak. If I didn't pick the Giants, but I had a little streak going. Um. Well, think about well before I even talk about the game. Think about AJ Brown. I picked him one time, and all he had to do was score a touchdown, and he did. And then the next two weeks, he scored a touchdown. So I'm just like, I I don't know. I guess me and him have a love hate relationship when it comes to uh, player props. But um, I picked the Jaguars. I think um, I picked them. I think plus. Uh, 18 or 20 or something like that. So I think they did cover, I think, or I had them like plus 22. So I think they did cover by just like one point. But the thing is, so we're in December, you know, you know what I mean? Last year, December, going into also going to the playoffs, Derrick Henry literally ran the Titans to the AFC championship game. And as you can see, he's starting to uh, do that again. You know what I'm saying? 215 yards and two touchdowns. And then Ryan Tannehill, you know, helping him out with 200 yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, the Titans, uh, I I could see them finishing 12 and four. You know what I mean? They just, if they keep playing like this, you know what I'm saying? Like for a run first, has second type uh, offense and the defense just stays sturdy, then like um, they could probably be back in that AFC Championship game again. Yeah, I don't know about AFC Championship game. I think it's a lot more. It's, it's going to be a lot more competitive in this round in, in the playoffs this year in the playoffs. Um, but you know, we'll see. It's a tournament, so any, any anybody has a good chance. So let's go to the next game on the schedule, which was the Colts and Raiders. Um, I told y'all the Raiders suck, and I'm sticking to it. Like, Colts won that game easily, 44-27. to 27. I told you guys the Raiders are pretenders. I don't think <laughs> – I think they kind of fooled everybody in the beginning of the season. John Gruden, you know, he's that hype man. He he, he John, John Gruden to me is like a car salesman, like a used car salesman. Like, he'll, he'll sell you a bad car. Like, yo, this is a really good car, you know. You could trust your family in it. And then once you leave the park a lot, it starts breaking down. So that's how I feel about the Raiders. I, I never really believed in them. Um, shout out to my man Jonathan Taylor, though, for running for 150 yards, uh, Wisconsin alum. And then Phillip Rivers threw no picks. So, like I said, I said if Phillip Rivers don't throw any interceptions, I like the coach chances. I mean, that's a dark host for the Super Bowl. If the if the coach could play like this every week, you know, that's a team that can compete maybe in the AFC Championship game. So what was your thoughts on that game? Um, <clears throat> well, for, for, um, whoever listened to me, number one, about the player prop for Nelson Aguilar, you are welcome. I told him to take, take him to, uh, to go 40, uh, 40 yards and he, he had five catches for a hundred. So you're welcome. Um, but I feel like this is kind of like you said, like, this is the Raiders, like the Raiders are kind of like that team. Um, like when they're good, they're also bad. Meaning, like they uh, here, like you know I mean they'll they'll go you know seven and three, and they'll look they'll be looking good, and then they'll end the season nine and seven, and you're wondering like what is going on, and they're proving that you know what I mean. And I feel like the the, the Raiders losing it was kind of like 
obvious just because how they played close to the Jets last week and like now they're playing a pretty decent Colts team and yeah, you see what you see what happened. Yeah, I mean, I, like I like I said, I, I just didn't – I was never a, a buyer on the Raiders and on that team. I just thought, like, they did the same thing last year. Like, they they made people believe, like, oh, we back, we back, we back. And then, you know, like I said last week, December is the month where you see the contenders and the pretenders. And I just feel like the Raiders are, are pretenders. I mean, hopefully, if you know John Gruden has about, like, 12 years on that contract, uh, he's going to have to change a lot of things up. Um, I know somebody said that they can see Derek Carr leave, leaving. Honestly, you could say that I, you know, they changed my mind. I feel like I could see Derek Carr going somewhere else and John Gruden bringing his own quarterback because even when he was in Tampa Bay all them years, he that was never his roster. That was t- uh, Tony Dungy's roster, and he came mm-hmm. through and won a Super Bowl with that team. So uh, John Gruden has a lot to prove to me as an NFL head coach. A, a lot of people buying to him because all that wide banana shit, but I mean. They got their ass handed to him on Sunday. So let's go to a game where, you know, Tom swore to me that the Jets was going to make this a competitive game. And like I said, the Seahawks mopped the floor with the Jets. Don't get me wrong. I'm from New York. I love the Giants, but the Jets did me dirty. Um, I actually picked the Seahawks in this game, and I picked them to cover. I said, you can put Seahawks 12, 14, 15, however they was going to cover. And, of course, they destroyed them 40 to 3. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, Russell should be back into the MVP uh, conversation, like I said. Uh, Russell threw four touchdowns and one pick. He was 21 for 27, 206 yards. Sam Darnold played okay. He just didn't throw no touchdowns, but I can't blame Sam Darnold for that. He doesn't have any weapons. Um, no, we, we can talk about it. Um, DK had six catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. So go ahead, speak your piece, because you were definitely wrong about this one. So go ahead. Okay, so look. I put the Jets. I I even was like, you know what? I'm I'm a, I'm not sure. So I'm gonna just I think they still gonna compete. I put the Jets plus I think twenty-eight. And they still got beat by thirty something points. It's the Jets. I've never I've never seen it before. And this proves that Sam Darnold is not a good quarterback. No touchdowns. Three points, like come on, and and Kinsan, you said he was a he he competes. He did not compete Sunday. You but here's I mean? the thing. Here's the thing with San Dar- San Darnold, right? There's no weapons, no weapons on that team. Like who scares you? Like I said, anybody that's listening, who scares you as far as the just receiver? Nobody, and that's the GM fault. I mean, I know he just came came in, but there's no no receivers. Like you let you let go Robbie Anderson which was his favorite target, who's balling in Carolina. And you bring in two rookie receivers that, I mean, they rookies, no offense, you know. They're going, they going, they, they getting their feet wet, but you can't blame Darnold for that game. And then your best player is Frank Gore on the offensive side of the ball. Like, I don't know. Tell, tell, tell me what you think. I know I'm not crazy, but. You know, I I was with the, I was with the Jets, uh, you know what I'm saying? I was wearing my little Jets fire hat when they, came, <laughs> they was going against the Raiders. But you know what I mean? Like after what I saw and how and you know this game was an easy game for Russell Wilson, okay? He was twenty-one for twenty-seven. He he didn't complete six passes and he only threw for two hundred and six yards and he threw four and he threw four touchdowns. That was 
I, I feel like if you throw for 206 yards and four touchdowns, that means that half the time, like, they were in very good field. Uh, they were in very good range. So, yeah, good field position. Yeah, good field position. So, I was just like, that just, ah, I just, that just disappointed me. Like, I'm, I've never seen that happen. I didn't. I didn't watch the game on TV. I, I was getting tacos with my girlfriend in the uh, in South Philly. So, it, but it felt like every time I turned on the radio, it was Seahawks touchdown. Seahawks touchdown. Seahawks got the ball in this field position. I was like, Yo, are the Jets even? There was a point when I was listening to to the radio. I'm like, Are the Jets even moving? The, are they even getting first downs? Like, <laughs> the Jets are bad. Know. They're on thirteen. We already know where their mindset is. Their mindset is <laughs> securing that number one pick, and they're doing a good job. So let, let, let's get away from that horrible team and let's talk about the Packers and Lions. Um, that's the game that I picked the Packers. I said it was going to be a close game because it was a divisional game. Um, Packers did their thing. And they also clinched the NFC North, so they're definitely into the playoffs. Um, like I said, Aaron Rodgers, 26 for 33, 293 touchdowns. Devontae Adams, that guy has seven catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Stafford didn't play – you know he played. He played well. He he's gonna do Stafford things. Um, I hope he gets another chance in a different organization next year. I think he's because he plays in a horrible team. He plays in Detroit where they don't care about football. Well, <clears throat> first thing I'm gonna say about the Packers. Packers are probably the best team when it comes to player props. I hands down. Okay, so like if you guys. Or ever done player props, Packers receiving core and Aaron Rodgers are the go-to. They're the goats of the player props. Trust me, especially Devontae Adams. Oh, my God. He scores every game. Perfect. Easy player prop. Now, um, the in the Lions, I feel like, uh, <clears throat> you know, I feel like I don't see back then, back then a, a franchise quarterback leaving their franchise team like it uh, was a myth. But now that, you know, you see Tom Brady do it, you saw Peyton Manning do it, Cam Newton, it's kind of a trend now. So, like, I would say, yeah, he's not going to leave Detroit, but he just might leave Detroit. You know what I mean? So, but nah, then I'm again, like, you know. Mm-hmm. No, but I'm saying, I'm just saying in my opinion, but then again, you have a fresh new uh, rookie running back, DeAndre Swift, you know, um, he played at Georgia, but uh, people don't know he is from Philadelphia. Uh, I feel like if he stays, I feel like um, what they'll do is they'll redo the old line. They'll get better alignment. Um, they'll add more weapons to their receiving core, and they'll uh, add probably like a few little veterans and some fresh faces for that defense. And I feel like next year, um, Lions, they might make a little run. Nah, Lions for me, I don't believe in the Lions. Not now, not ever. Um, they're always rebuilding, always, constantly. They had one of the best receivers probably in NFL history, I'm not, uh, except for Jerry Rice and Megatron, who you could just throw the ball up. I remember watching highlights on YouTube where Stafford was getting sacked and he just threw it up and Megatron came with a touchdown. It's just the organization, man. I just don't, I just don't see Detroit. I don't know. It's like, you know, certain cities – just don't like sports. I just I feel like they should just move the Lions away from Detroit. I mean, it's going to be a little bit difficult because you know the Ford family, those who drive Ford cars, shout out to y'all, own, owns that team. But I just don't know. Maybe 
Patricia wasn't the guy. He got let go. So I don't know. Like as far as coaching, who do you feel that who do you feel like what coach can come in and change that culture or what coach GM tandem can come in and change the culture of Detroit? Because mm. as much as my adult life and my childhood, I only remember the Lions for being losers. I don't remember them no postseason bursts. I just remember they had special players, but what if I, uh-huh. I'm gonna tell you this. The defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, I feel like if he gets a starting uh head coach job, he might help change the um he might help change the culture in Detroit. And then sometimes you sometimes college coaches who like go to the NFL, try it out, sometimes they might change the culture. Like Gus Melzon, you know, he just got released from Auburn. So you never know. Like uh, sometimes different coaches might give us spark. You never know. This interim head coach might give us spark. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you on all those names. But I think the name that people got to really pay attention to is the offensive coordinator from Kansas City. Um, I don't know his name off the top of my head. I just remember he's a black guy that's bald. So forgive me, anybody that's listening. Y'all can chime in and give me the name of him. But I, I felt like. You need innovative offense. That's where the league is going to. Um, of course, you would have to change the quarterback um, and get one of these younger guys. But like you said, um, these college coaches are 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 something you can bring into. I'm looking at uh, Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma, uh, the guy from Northwestern. He's a really good coach. His name has been circling around. Uh, Clemson and Dabo uh, Dabo could probably try to make a run at the NFL. Uh, Nick Saban. No, I don't think, uh, oh, yeah, those nah, guys aren't leaving. I'm just throwing out names at this point, but right. I just feel like somebody has to come in and change that culture, but it also has to be a GM that comes in and picks his own guy because what a lot of teams do is, uh, a lot of owners do, they'll they'll leave the GM and the coach will be there or the coach will be there. It's like, I feel like in situations like that, you got to just bring in fresh air and a fresh pair of eyes, and I just think, Whoever comes in, they have to come in with the mindset of changing the, the Detroit Lions culture because, like I said, and you can attest to this, they've just been losers all my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's sad, but I've never associated that team with with winning. So let's go on to the next game. And I know you're going to give me hell for this game. You're going to talk <laughs> about the Saints and Eagles. I picked the Saints. I mean, they almost came, they almost came through for me. They almost came through for me, but I picked the Saints. Uh, Eagles won 24-21. For those of you who are possibly living under a rock, Jalen Hurst was the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles. He went 17 for 30, 167 yards, a touchdown. Taysom Hill on the other end went 28 for 38, 291, two touchdowns, and a pick. Before we get started and we hear listen to Tom's opinion, um, I just wanted to say the Saints were due for a loss soon. Um, <laughs> they, they were definitely due for a loss. I mean, you did, you did, you were right, and you did tell me that Jalen Hurst was going to ball out. He did, uh, especially running with the running game. He brings a new dynamic with the Eagles for that. And, you know, the Eagles still are, are in the playoff hunt. So, you know, if Jalen Hurst could string a couple of, uh, couple of wins together, you know, he could probably see himself in the postseason. All right, go ahead, Sean. Uh, this was, I waited all, I waited days for this podcast to rub this in your face, okay, sir. This man, <laughs> this man, K-Sign, and K-We-Trust literally bashed the Philadelphia Eagles uh, Saturday talking about how they weren't going to win. 
Jalen Hurts is not ready yet. He just does not. He said he does not just see the Eagles winning. It's a Saints. They have too many weapons. They're, they're rolling right now. And what did I say? I said, listen, I said, I'm taking the Eagles. You can take the spread money line. I said that I said that Hurts brings a different dynamic to this uh, organization. He brings he, – he is what Philly wants, and Kaysan did not believe me. And would you look at that? I mean, you're right. You're right. I mean, I got to give credit where credit is due. But I just got to say, he did play well. But we got to see. I don't know who they play next week. Um, It was a good start. The Cardinals, I, I think. I think he plays against the Cardinals. Yeah, it is the Cardinals. It is the Cardinals. It was a good start. But you have to remember, this is the NFL. There was no tape on them. No consistent tape, at least. Because if you want consistent tape, you'd have to go back to his college days in Oklahoma and some college days in Alabama. They did play well. I mean, the Eagles are still done to me no matter what. I, I think this was a good win. I think, this, like I said, the Saints were due for a loss eventually. They're playing with the backup. Um, Taysom Hill is a really good quarterback. But um, like I was listening to my man Dan, Dan, Dan Rob podcast earlier, um, you know, the Saints kind of miss him doing other things like being a receiver, a tight end, all those gadget plays. And I'm, I'm thinking it's starting to catch up to them. Um, so I think the Saints will be fine. Uh, they can continue to play Taysom as a starter, let Drew Drew rest, and then when Drew comes in, I think you play Drew week sixteen to get the rhythm back, and then go into the postseason and do some do some damage. But as far as Jalen Hurts, I mean, he still has a couple more games to prove that he can be the starter. And then I know everybody in Philly is talking about some bye bye wins, so we'll we'll see, we'll see. Okay, I can try and tell you. I mean... Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Wait, right. before mm-hmm. you before we move on, don't now don't be surprised if uh, Taysom Hill leaves after this offseason, after this season. Don't be surprised. Nah, I, I don't see I, because uh, Sean Payton has been telling everybody like that's that's his guy, and I feel like if he would if he wasn't his guy, he would have started Winston. So I think, but, but he's proven. But but you gotta hear me out on this one, right? He's proving that he can just be more than a gadget type quarterback. He's proving that he can throw the ball um, and he can be dynamic on his feet. And you think you think he's going to waste his career just sitting back by watching Drew Brees throw the ball, being a backup quarterback until Drew Brees says, "You know what? I'm done now." You know what I'm saying? Because you don't nowadays. Nowadays, the quarterback position can go on for a thousand years with the same person. You know what I mean? Like Tom Brady, for example, Brett Farr, Peyton Manning, you know what I'm saying? These guys are almost hitting 50 and they're still playing. Like, well, they were still playing some, you know what I mean? So you got to look at it and and, and Hill's view, like, listen, like, yo, I balled out, you know what I'm saying? I balled out for this team. I've been throwing the ball up. He only had, what, 10 incompletions this game? You know what I'm saying? And one interception, he threw for two touchdowns. So, so you know what I mean? Like, you got to look at that. Like, that's like, for an average quarterback, that's pretty damn good. Like you know what I mean. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta look at it like this. Like, hey, I can be. A, I'm actually a real quarterback. This and that. He's probably, he's probably gonna come back to reality and like, he's probably gonna opt out and sign with another team. That, that's all I'm saying. Or he probably, if he can't do that, he might request a trade. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause if I'm playing good for organization, I want, I, I would like for me to be the face of somebody else's team. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I feel you on all that, and all that does make a lot of sense. But I feel like Drew Brees, this might be Drew Brees last year. I mean, Drew Brees just broke 12 rips. So let's be honest, uh, Drew Brees' best days are behind him. So um, if Drew Brees does decide to play another year, I think he should call it quits after that year, after the 2021 season. But, I mean, Taysom, if he stays, he's eventually going to be the successor of Drew Brees. But like you said, money does talk. So if somebody comes through and one of these – Quarterback hungry teams offer him a bunch of money. I mean, it's it's not it's not gonna be it wouldn't be in his best interest to pass up money. But let's go to the next game, the Atlanta Falcons versus the Chargers. I picked the Chargers in that game, and the Chargers did their thing. Uh, Chargers won on the last second field goal against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Chargers won. I mean, it wasn't a really exciting game to watch. But I mean, what was your thoughts on that game? Well, I I did click. Uh, I did choose uh, the the Falcons to go. I think I chose them like plus seven or something like that. So <clears throat> overall, they did complete uh, that 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 win that win column for me. But um, you know, overall, it's kind of like uh, like it's a. It's not really a plan for pride game. With the, with the, I mean, it's not really a plan for playoff spot game. It's kind of like, you know, playing for pride. And, you know, who if they lose, oh, well, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're already out of the playoffs. So, I thought it was one of those games where, you know, they just playing because, you know, they're getting paid to. It's pride. And it's like, you know, it's football. You know what I'm saying? It's the love of the game for them. You know what I'm saying? It's not – nothing's on the line, really. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm guarantee you both of them probably end up having good uh, draft spots. Like so. Yeah, you're right. So let's just go on to the next game, which was Washington versus the 49ers. Uh, Washington won the game 23-15. Washington takes over sole so position of first place in the NFC East because the Giants lost. Um, Washington did their thing. That defensive line came out to play. Um, Alex Smith played very pedestrian. He had, was 8 for 19, 57 yards of touchdown. But you didn't really need much of Alex Smith or that offensive all because the defense is – um, really, what came to play today? I mean, on Sunday, um, they're six and seven. Um, the schedule looks good for them. Washington looks good. San Francisco. I mean, I feel bad for them. If it's a team that defines twenty twenty, it would be San Francisco. They pretty much lost everybody in the first couple of weeks. Um, San Francisco. They probably if if they were healthy, they would definitely be in the playoff conversation. But this is twenty twenty, and bad things happen. So I mean, twenty twenty picked the Forty ers this year. Um, there's really not too much to say about this game except for Washington leads the NFC East. So Washington has control. They just have to win out, and I think they can win the division. But if they lose, you know, it leaves the door open for everybody else, the Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles. So what is your thought about, thoughts about that game? Listen, before we even talk about the Washington football team, all I got to say is, you know, you know what I'm about to say, K-San, you mean the mighty – Chase Young from the Ohio State. You know what I mean? Listen, one thing I can say about Ohio State, we don't we don't bring out usually when our quarterbacks come to the league, they're me- mediocre, but we can bring out great defensive players. You know what I mean? So I feel like that Washington defense is for real. And I've been and I and I said this, I said this probably before the Steelers game. And I'm gonna say it now. They're they they're like a, they're like a <clears throat> they're like a matrix. When the when that defensive line feeds, them linebackers will see that the defensive line is doing good, and they like, oh, the defensive line is doing good. 
bet we about to do that. And then when those secondaries, those corners and safeties see that them linebackers playing good, they're like, yo, they playing good. Yo, we about to play better. It's almost like they're in competition of who's going to play better, but they're all on one they're all on one mind, meaning like they're all like, yo, we just have to win. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, you know, the safety curl, I think he took an interception to the house. So did um, uh, the mighty Chase Young. So, and then, uh, you know, Sweat over there being that, you know, that kind of veteran type uh, defense alignment for, you know, Payne and Ch- uh, Chase Young and all of So I just feel like, I-, I feel like this is a, you're probably going to disagree with me, but I feel like this is a young, Legion of uh, Doom, you know what I'm saying? I feel like this is a young Legion of Doom with the corners and the safeties and stuff like that. They're, they're playing. they got something to play for, you know what I mean? And they're winning. So if you have a team that's winning and they got something to play for and they're and they're playing good, that's a dangerous team. And then, you, and then like, like you said, you got Alex Smith, like, you know what I'm saying, managing the game. And Logan Thomas is becoming a – a great tight end. So I, I feel like Washington is the team to beat in the NFC East. And I feel like nobody's probably going to compete with them right now. Yeah, I mean, either or, um, if you go with the still, I'm not still, it's the Washington football team or the New York Giants. Both of them are extremely young teams. So you can't go wrong with either or. I, I wouldn't be mad if Washington gets in. And I wouldn't be mad at the Giants getting. I'd be upset if somebody likes Philadelphia or Dallas gets in because we've seen them. We've seen them in the postseason before. We know they're. We know that we. We definitely know who the Eagles are. I mean, the only thing about the Eagles is Jalen Hurts. He would get some playoff experience. So I don't think I would be too mad about that. But I mean, it'll be one and done because there's there's no receivers. So you know, in the playoffs, everybody comes out to play. So me, Washington D line is they're for real. They're young. They're talented. They're ferocious. They do their thing. And I can't wait to see some more Washington football team. Hopefully they get a name for this team because I'm tired of saying football team. That shit sounds retarded. <laughs> but let's go to the game that I was definitely sure about, but, you know, they did me dirty. It was the, the Sunday night game between Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo <laughs> Bills. I picked Buffalo. I mean, not, I didn't pick Buffalo. I'm sorry. I picked Pittsburgh. I swore they were going to come out and prove to everybody that, hey, you know, we for real. We're going to win this division. But they had other plans. They looked sleepy. They looked like they needed to take a nap. They looked tired. They looked, they looked lethargic. But every word you want to put for they didn't show up on Sunday night. Buffalo did not run all over them, but Buffalo did their thing. Uh, let me give you all the stat line. Josh Allen was 24 for 43. He threw the ball a lot. But 238 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Stephon Diggs. And that's why they went out to get him because when you pay, you paid that young man, he came through. 10 catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. And it's like you said, Tom, uh, Pittsburgh defense, you know, with all the injuries, it wasn't going to be able to hold up. So we'll see Pittsburgh down the stretch. Uh, I know we got a little side bet going on. I I think Pittsburgh's going to win the division. You think Cleveland's going to win the division. But Pittsburgh did me dirty this weekend. They didn't do their thing. They look tired, and they look like they need some nap. They need some light quill, some melatonin or something because they need some rest. But go ahead. Give me your thoughts on that game. Okay, let me uh, – for like I said, I'm, I'm going to keep saying this until the playoffs start. The Steelers are the not for real. They're – how can I say? They're a team that they play – they're one of those teams that, you know, 
during the season, they're like they're like up and down. They're red hot, and then once the season starts to get to an end, you finally start to see like who they really are. And that's and I, I'm telling telling y'all now they they need to get back on top of things because this this if they continue losing, this could run them into the playoffs into a, a, a one game a one game and uh, and out. You know what I mean? And um, <clears throat> like I said about. I've said this a few times about this Buffalo's um, offense. Now, listen, Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley. Now, one thing I, I love is that when Cole, when, Cole, when Cole Beasley is not having a good game, it is Mr. Stephon Diggs. And, and um, one thing I didn't notice is that Stephon Diggs, he was, he's in the top five in total receiving yards. But it really didn't seem like it, you know what I mean? Because you have Cole Beasley, you have, Cole Beasley, you, have, you, have a lot of, you have a lot of key little weapons, you know what I'm saying, little gadget Weapons on there like Davis and um, and um, McKenzie and Beasley and stuff like that. But Stefan Diggs, he proved why uh, he proved why Minnesota should never have let him go. I mean, he walked up and down the field against that Pittsburgh Steelers defense again. That that so called grimy new style Pittsburgh Steelers defense. He walked up and down. He made Fitzpatrick. He made Fitzpatrick look like a clown. So I mean, hats off to a uh, hats off to uh, Buffalo getting that win. Um, and then um, also uh, a lot of people were saying like you know Buffalo once last year when they were nine and three they lost I think uh, like four five games straight going into the playoffs and then they got knocked out of the playoffs by the Texans. So I feel like they they um they heard all the tweets and uh. All the uh, sports analysis uh, talk about that, and um, they proved it wrong. So, congrats on having uh, another 10 win season. Yeah, well, yep, there's nothing I can say to that, um, except for, you know, give you some Cole Beasley stats. He does have 838 yards and four touchdowns this year. So, he, Cole Beasley's doing his thing. And then, as far as the Stefan Diggs comment that you said, um, Minnesota just didn't want to pay him. I don't think they wanted to let him go. I just think they couldn't afford him because they gave Kirk Cousins that money. Overrated Kirk Cousins, but you know, that's my that's my feelings on Kirk Cousins. I feel like you you could have kept Stephon Diggs and brought in a new quarterback. I mean, but you know, like people say, quarterbacks are hard to find. So I guess Minnesota's doing their thing or whatever. But let's forget about the Minnesota game because I did forget about one game that I have to go back to. And that was your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They beat the Minnesota Vikings 26-14. I picked the Bucs. I wasn't crazy enough to pick Minnesota, and nor did I have any confidence on them at all. Tom Brady was 15 for 23, 196, and two touchdowns. Ronald Jones ran the ball 18 times for 80 yards and a touchdown. Mike Evans had three catches for 56 yards. Kirk Cousins did not play bad. He was 24 for 37, 225, a touchdown. Dalvin Cook ran for over 102 yards, a touchdown and 22 carries. Um, what's your thoughts on that game? Where do you think Tampa Bay is going to end up? Um, right now, we're, okay, so right now we're eight and five. We're um, what four and three at home, I think. So, uh, I feel like you know overall we played good. You know what I'm saying? That was that was good Tampa Bay Buccaneer football. I feel like um. When how we played against the Packers is what we is where we need to get to, um, you know what I mean. I don't know if you guys remember when we played the Packers uh, earlier in the season, but we destroyed them. And I just feel like if we play like that, 
and push our way to like an eleven and five record, then I feel like, hey, all right, listen, we we probably might not win the division because of the Saints, but that playoff push and uh and playing good like that and that playoff push, um, we could see a, a divisional round. You know what I'm saying? We could move past the wild card and uh, have a, a divisional round appearance. So I mean, overall, it was a it was a good it was a good game. We won, but I feel like we need to play better. And then also you gotta remember how we how Tampa Bay how we are in prime time at night games. We are terrible. At night game, so like it's um good win, but we still got a lot to work on. Yeah, I agree with you. I could definitely see Tampa Bay in a divisional game. I mean, I don't know what they can do after that. Uh, they and they can possibly go to the Super Bowl. So it all depends on which Tampa Bay team you get. It's going to be hard, like we said for the last couple shows. You know, Tampa Bay does not play well in prime time. So I, what are they going to do if they the only game on a Saturday night and everybody's watching them in a wild card game? Um, but let's talk about. The game last night, which was, woo. If we, if you're a football fan, I knew you stood up and watched that game. I mean, I was mad because I had to do a couple errands, but I was listening to the game in the car and I, I caught the trail under the game. Um, if you don't know what game I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cleveland Browns. I'm not even mad about who picked who in this game because I picked Baltimore and I'm and you picked the Browns. But let's just talk about that game and how Lamar came out that tunnel and, and won that game for him. What's your thoughts on that game? Yeah. <clears throat> My thing is, uh, I'm not a Browns fan, and I was hurt from that loss. You know what I mean? It kept me on my toes. Um, guys, if you guys did a same game parlay, I'm pretty sure you guys won some money. Or I'm pretty sure you were like one or two stats away from from winning a, a couple couple thousands because that game was that game had money signs all over it. You know what I mean? Everybody went over. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but my thing overall is the Browns are for real. You know what I mean? Now the a couple couple mistakes a couple mistakes. You know what I'm saying? That led them to that that loss. But I, I still feel the way they played uh, yesterday night, they can win the division. I feel like, like I, I feel like if um if they keep if they keep playing like this and they play hard a little bit harder, they're going to end up being eleven and four playing Pittsburgh for a division title. I feel like they're for real now. I I can't even uh disregard. I can't even. Talk bad about the Ravens because the Ravens run game they they the Ravens run game literally matched matched up with the the Cleveland Browns run game and they went toe to toe and you have to remember Lamar Jackson even though he is a quarterback he is an athlete I mean what he what he did uh for those last couple minutes to help him win the game I'm pretty sure. It's going to go down in history for probably one of the best comebacks in uh, NFL history. And um, I just I, – I, I feel like uh, – I, I, to be honest with you, I feel like the Browns deserve to win that game just off the effort of Baker Mayfield, you know, 200 – I mean, I'm sorry, two – I mean, 28 for uh, 47, 343 yards and two touchdowns. You know what I mean, but I just feel like you just you gotta give you gotta give your props to Lamar. You know what I'm saying? He uh he came through for this team when they needed him. 
Yeah, Lamar did his thing. I mean, Chase McSurley, Chase McSurley, my Penn State guy, came through. I don't know what happened to him. I heard he got hurt. Hey, I, Charlotte, I think he tore his ACL. Probably, hopefully, he tweaked his knee. Let's uh, hope he feels better. Yeah, that that was a crazy game, and you know, like you said, the Browns are for real. Um, they play my Giants on Sunday night, so I'm praying that they, you know, lose another one for us, so we can get back into the conversation. But you know, they're not the same old Browns anymore. People used to clown them. Uh, and then I, I left that game amazed at both teams. I mean, the, the Ravens are in a position where they have to win out to win the, to get into the playoffs because they lost a lot of dumb games that they shouldn't have lost. And then the Browns are in a position where, you know, like you said, they could possibly get the division lead over the Steelers. I don't see how they would do that. But, I mean, anything is possible. So, I mean, we to the point of the show where we're going to give out game balls so my three game balls I'm giving out, and anybody that's listening, you can chime in and give give out your game balls. I'm giving my game balls to Lamar Jackson, Hassan Reddick, and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, like I said, for, the reason for Lamar, Lamar came through. He was hurt. I don't know if he was cramping. I don't know if he was faking it. I don't know if he had to use the bathroom, but he came through and won that game for them boys. Hassan Reddick killed my Giants alone. <laughs> you didn't even need to put anybody else on that defense because Hassan Reddick, Temple product, Came out, did his thing, five sacks. I think that was a record for the for the Cardinals, if I'm not mistaken. And then Jonathan Taylor. I've been waiting for Jonathan Taylor to explode to the scene. Um, I've been telling a lot of people, a lot of my friends, about Jonathan Taylor, and they thought I was crazy because uh, I remember watching him in Wisconsin. I'm like, this guy's going to be a true NFL running back. And he finally came through for, uh, for the Indianapolis Colts and ran 150 yards. So if anybody's listening, uh, let us know your game balls uh, for the week. Who deserves a game ball for you, Tom? All right, number one. So, uh, so the three game balls. So, number one, you already know where I'm gonna go with. I'll, I'll, like, it's a no brainer. Uh, Jalen Hurts. You know, what I'm saying, helping the Eagles. You know, what I'm saying, finally get a W. You know, what I'm saying, off his first career start. So, shout out to Jalen Hurts. That's my first game ball I'll go to. Now, uh, I'm gonna go to the Baltimore game, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna give a, you know, I'm gonna give a shout out to, I'm gonna give a shout out. See, I, I was kind of in between um, uh, Marlon Humphrey on the defensive side, but then again, I gotta give a shout out, you know, to Ohio State Buckeye, former Ohio State Buckeye running back, uh, J.K. Thomas. He really came through. You, you know what I mean? He had 13 carries for uh, 53 yards and a touchdown, and I think receiving. Oh no, he didn't have any receiver, but he um he carried besides Lamar Jackson, he um helped carry that run game. You know, he averaged uh four four carries for one yards. And then the third game ball, we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it in the um in the Cleveland, uh Cleveland versus uh uh Baltimore Ravens game, and I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna have to mm, oh man, case time. I'm gonna have to give it to the other running back for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm had to use the Gus Edwards. Yes, um, he usually doesn't play uh play like this, but he he balled out for them. He had seven carries for uh 49 yards, and he had and he had two touchdowns. So, I mean, those those are my three game balls right there. Yeah, everybody, you know that we said deserve those game balls. They play well. Um, so let's talk a little about about talk a little bit about the playoff picture. Um, let's talk about the teams that got eliminated this weekend. Uh, so teams that we already knew that were eliminated in the AFC side, 
Uh, the Jets are gone at 0-13. Jacksonville's gone at 1-12. Cincinnati's gone at 2-10. The Chargers are eliminated at 4-9. Houston's gone at 4-9. And then the teams that are still in contention, we have Denver, the Patriots, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Baltimore Ravens, the Miami Dolphins, the Indianapolis Colts, the Cleveland Browns, the Tennessee Titans, the Buffalo Bills, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Teams that locked up playoff spots this week, were the Kansas City Chiefs and the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. So, what's your thoughts on the on on the, on the AFC side as far as the playoffs? What do you think is um, Say that one more time. Yeah, who do you think is getting in and then who do you think just misses out the playoffs? Um, who do I think is going to get in the playoffs? Um, well, you know, mm, I feel like uh I feel like well, you know, you know, Kansas City is going to be there. I feel like, I I feel like you know, there's no standard. You know, I feel like you know, uh, Cleveland is definitely going to be there. The Steelers, unfortunately, they're going to be there. Tennessee. Um, now the teams that I like could sneak in, could be you know. I feel like the Colts are going to win it out. I feel like. Um, they're going to hang on to a playoff spot. So right there, you already have Kansas City Steelers. Oh yeah, you can't forget about Buffalo, Tennessee, Cleveland. Um, now the now for those uh the bottom two is Miami, Baltimore, and the and the Raiders. And then some could even say New England because they sitting at six yeah, or seven. I was, now now hear me out on this. I feel like the Ravens are going to get the seventh seed. And I feel like it's going to really come down for that eighth for that eighth seed playoff spot. I really feel like it's going to come down to. Wait, I don't think there's are there. I don't think there's eight teams in the playoffs for NFL. Uh, I think it's like six or seven. Yeah, they just added some more playoff teams. Oh, okay. Well, then I feel like uh, then it's probably going to be Miami. Or Baltimore. I don't. I don't think the Raiders are going to pull it out. Or New England. You, I would. The Denver Broncos are one of those teams that just might be a miracle. Fix you your mic I mean? a little bit because we're having trouble hearing you. Can you hear me now? No, I'm still having trouble hearing you. Can you hear me now? Hold on. It might be on my. You can. You can continue. It might be. On um, well, so I think um, so I kind of uh, I kind of feel like the uh, Denver Broncos might uh, squeeze a playoff spot out, but that means that New England and uh, Las Vegas Raiders Raiders the Raiders the Raiders going to play bad. I mean, for me, I say Baltimore gets in sneaks in over Miami. I just think Baltimore is going to be the hot team. I mean, it pains me to say that because I'm a Giants fan, so that means they're going to beat the Giants. Um, but I just think Baltimore has it. And I think Baltimore is coming in with a swagger. Like, you know, last year they was leading the division. They were the hottest team in the league. They came in with the pressure. This year, you know, they, they barely make it in. So I feel like if they make it in, they could be dark horses to, to Kansas City. I think Miami is on the edge of doing something great. I just don't think it's their time this year. I think they have a rookie quarterback. And then they have a really they have an okay defense. They're still rebuilding. So, shout out to Brian Flores and them boys for building that program up. I just don't think it's their time this year. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like, I feel like um, um, that the, 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 
the Baltimore the Ravens, Ravens, they might they be, might with, be the with the Titans, Titans were last, last year. year. You know what I mean? You know, that mean, dark, that horse dark horse coming in the playoffs, playoffs and, and, and people think they was going to go right out, and they ended up making it all the way to the AFC Championship. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's talk about the NFC side. So the two teams in the NFC side that locked up the playoffs, playoff versus Green Bay and New Orleans. Green Bay 10-3, New Orleans 10-3. So New Orleans pretty much locked up the division, and Green Bay locked up their division. Um, sitting at three is the Rams. Sitting at four is Washington at 6-7. and seven. Sitting at five is Seattle at 9-4. Sitting at 6-7 uh is the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Arizona Cardinals. Minnesota's still alive. Chicago's still alive. Detroit's still alive. San Francisco's still alive. And the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys are still alive. So, so the two teams that are eliminated, well, there's only one team that's eliminated right now. That is the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons are eliminated. So what's your, what's your thing on the, uh, what's your thoughts on the, on the NFC playoffs? Uh, uh, NFC playoffs is going to be kind of tricky because I, I, I kind of feel like, like uh, a lot of teams, teams that have pretty, pretty good records, records won't make it, make it in. in. Like, like the Arizona Cardinals, Cardinals, they, they might, might not make it in. It in. Um, Minnesota. Minnesota. I feel like, I feel like teams, teams like the Shocker is probably going to be the Chicago Bears. I feel like Chicago might actually make the make last seed in the playoffs. playoffs. But right, right now, right the now, dark horse that people need people to really need start, to start paying attention, attention to are the Los Angeles Rams. Rams. I feel like I their feel defense, like defense is playing lights out, out, and I feel, I feel like, like their offense is playing enough to win. The Rams, to me, aren't really a dark house, a dark, dark, ah, dark horse. Say that five times. Because I feel like they're going to be there. I feel like we knew the Rams' defense was going to be legit. I feel like they had an off year last year for whatever reason, but I feel like the Rams are going to be there. I feel like, for me, the dark horse is going to be whoever comes out that NFC East because you're playing with house money. You know, they have no business being in the playoffs. And then if you get a Washington or a New York Giants football team, they really have good defenses, and that's what you need to play in the postseason. I mean, as far as their offenses, yeah, their offenses don't scare me, but... if I got to come into Washington, like imagine coming wild, wild card weekend and playing in Washington or playing in New York, and then you're a divisional winner and you got to come in and you possibly got a chance of going home. And that's what the one thing I like about the NFL playoffs is it's a tournament. It's like winner go home. Like if you don't play well that day, you're going home. It don't, I don't care if you were the, the Kansas City Chiefs that are one of the hottest teams or you could be the Washington football team that barely made it in. If you make it in, you have opportunity, and I feel like those two teams would be my 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 dark horse. Uh, um, as far as somebody winning it, uh, I do like Tampa Bay. Um, Tampa Bay has too many weapons for me. Uh, we can't neglect that. I like New Orleans with Drew Brees, and then you know Aaron Rodgers is a dangerous man when when he comes into the uh, playoffs. I feel like they built that tournament for him, so. Those are the teams that I'm looking at that can make possible noise to challenge Kansas City out the AFC. Um, yeah, that, that's my thoughts on the on, on the NFC playoff side. Okay. okay. So, so um, I guess it's going to be nice because, because uh, uh, we can talk, talk a little bit about, about the college football, football playoffs. playoffs. So, so um, 
the four teams actually revealed tonight. So the teams were, I think, number one was Alabama. Number two was Notre Dame. I think number three was Clemson. And number four was the Ohio State. So what you got to say about these playoffs? Um, the playoff rankings are fine to me. I mean, Ohio State didn't really play, so of course I I knew that they were gonna drop Ohio State to floor. Uh, Bamba took care of Arkansas easily, so of course they were gonna be number one. Notre Dame and Clemson is gonna be the most intriguing matchup of the championship week to me. So I do have a list of the championship games. Um, so let's start off by discussing the Pac-12 championship game: USC and Oregon. So what's your thought on what? I didn't know who was going to play Oregon in that Pac-12. I thought it was going to be like Utah But I feel like USC, I feel like they might lose this game. Because... Like, the, like way, the, the way, way USC, USC was playing is UCLA, UCLA, I mean, it took, I mean, them, a it took them a while to get it get going, going, so, like, so I, don't I don't know what's going to happen. This actually might be a really, really good, good game. game. Um, I'm going with USC. Um, Oregon wasn't even supposed to be in this game. It was supposed to be Washington. Um, I don't even think um, Oregon was supposed to be in this game. Like I said, like... Um, I got I got USC winning. I think USC is the most talented team in this game. And I just think that um, they're going to be Oregon. I think they come out. And I, I kind of want them to win this game so they can make some noise and so they could do some disruption in the college football rankings next week. Well, and then next, um, I think, what was uh, – well, these are the games on Friday, I think. Um, yeah, the next game is the Big Ten Championship game. It's Ohio State Northwestern. <laughs> You can go ahead. I already know where you're going to lean towards this, but go ahead. You listen, listen, listen. I know y'all listening. Check this out. So, um, if anybody doesn't know, uh, Kay, Kay girlfriend is she's been my best friend for years. So, um, she will even tell you, um, my my uh my girlfriend can tell you. Listen, y'all. When Ohio State is playing. I want no interruptions. I'm talking about I am probably the one of the biggest diehard Ohio State fans in Philadelphia. You I don't care if Ohio State spread is minus 0.5. I am taking Ohio State spread no matter what. That's how big of a trust I have in Ohio State. And so you know what whatever the spread is, whatever. The money line is I'm taking my Ohio State Buckeyes no matter what. Um, I have to go with you as well. Ohio State is the better team in this matchup. Um, Northwestern, I love the season by Northwestern. I know that's uh, Greeny's team. For those who, for those of you that watch ESPN, um, he's gonna be upset on Monday morning because I think Ohio State take care takes care of business. Um, so the next title game is the Big Twelve. It's Oklahoma versus Iowa State. Um, I know you're a big fan of Iowa State because you feel like if stuff were to happen and teams were to lose, you want them in the playoffs. Um, I'm actually going to rock out with Oklahoma in this game. I think they have the better quarterback. I feel like they have the better offensive mind. I just feel like Oklahoma is going to do their thing and run all over Iowa State. Okay, so my, my thing about this game is I'm, I'm begging Iowa State 
to please win this Big 12 championship. Like, I am begging Iowa State, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Ashim Young, you know, he's from Philadelphia, played at Tech. you know what I'm saying? He's one of the safeties for uh, Iowa State, and I just feel like I'm just begging, or I, like, I am begging Iowa State, please, please, for the love of God, beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma is literally in the playoffs every year. And they don't make it out the first round. I, I have yet to see, I have yet to see Oklahoma make it to the national championship game, and it's, all, and it's kind of the same thing every year. So, I, I, for me, if I'm going to place a bet, I'm placing my bet money line on Iowa State to win the Big Twelve championship, and for them to um, just sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you make valid points. I just think Oklahoma's better. I, I, Iowa State has two losses. Um, I mean, this is a, this is a game that I'm really not gonna really pay attention. If we're gonna be honest, to like, I'm gonna pay attention to the Big Ten and Pac-12 championship games. Big Twelve, they're not going to the playoffs regardless. Whoever wins this game is gonna take a lot for any one of these teams to even sniff the top four. So let's go to the Sun Belt because the Sun Belt has been playing really good football this year. Um, for those of you that may possibly be sleeping under a rock or don't pay attention to college football, Coastal Carolina is undefeated, and they take on Louisiana. This is a ranked game. Um, this is a game that's going to be on ESPN at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, so if you're not doing anything, please pay attention to this game. I'm rocking out with uh, Coastal Carolina. Uh, we, for those of you that have been following the show for a while, you know I'm a big fan of Coastal Carolina. Tom feels the same way, but I don't know where he's going to go with this pick, so I'm going to let him do his pick right now. All right, so um, if I did not pick Coastal Carolina, my good friend Bruce Mapp, who was an alumni receiver at Coastal Carolina, you know, who was kind of the front runners to help them get to this point, I feel like um, if I picked against uh, Coastal Carolina, he would probably delete my number, block me, and never speak to me again. So I feel like, you know, um, this is going to be a close game like it was before, you know, Louisiana, they're ranked number 19. Their only loss was against Coastal Carolina, so they've been looking forward to this Sun Belt uh, championship game all year. And I feel like, you know, Coastal Carolina, this is their best football team in program history. So, and this is their first ranked team in program history. So imagine winning a championship for uh, this program, you know what I mean? So, and plus you being, you're being led by a true freshman, and so I feel like um, I feel like you know in college football Cinderella stories always come to an end. So unfortunately, Louisiana, I'm so sorry, but Coastal Carolina is going to continue the Cinderella ride, and uh, they're going to win the Sun Belt Championship. So where do you think Coastal Coastal Carolina is going to fall up when all this said is said and done? Because we know they're not going to make it to the playoffs because they're 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 ranking, but. Do you see them in the New York Six Bowl? Do you think the New York Six Bowls are even going to be played? What's your thoughts on that? Depending on the – if they are played, I, I feel like um, they will – they're going to put them kind of where Cincinnati was and rank number eight. I feel like they're going to move them up at least two spots and give them the New Year Six Bowl uh, uh, game. You know what I mean? I feel like um, if – if they win this, uh, this their conference championship, I feel like they're going to try to place them with a team that they're not expecting. Like, you never know. Like, uh, they probably could be playing in the New York season, probably Oklahoma or Iowa State, or, you know, uh, probably uh, Texas A&M. So you, uh, you really never know. But I feel like definitely if they win this, 
uh, this championship game um, this uh, coming Saturday, they'll definitely be in the New York Six Bowl. Yeah, I agree. New York Six Bowl for them, definitely. Um, I could see them possibly playing the Texas A&M or Florida, uh, maybe a Cincinnati. I think that would be an interesting game. Um, Cincinnati's currently ranked ninth. Um, but, you know, they got to play with the big boys. And then hopefully next year people schedule them because Coastal Carolina is for real. I don't think this is just a fluke and this is just a Cinderella run. I think this is they the real deal. So let's go on to the ACC championship game. We got the Clemson Tigers versus the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Um, for those of you who don't really follow college football, Notre Dame beat Clemson earlier in the year without their star quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, who had COVID issues. Um, Notre Dame, Notre Dame became a second ranked team and then eventually found itself as the number one team. Right now they're ranked two and Clemson's ranked three. This is probably going to be the matchup of the day because this is the one that can cause chaos in the top four because this is two versus three. So if Clemson destroys Notre Dame, does that take them out the top four? If Notre Dame beats Clemson and blows them out, like knocks them out the water, do you take Clemson out? Who do you put in? Who do you replace? Um, this is a hard game for me, but I have to go with Clemson because Trevor Lawrence is the real deal, and Dabble going to have them boys playing. I don't know where this game is going to be played at, but it doesn't matter. I got Clemson over Notre Dame, and I got Clemson over Notre Dame big, and I think Notre Dame has knocked out the top four. Um, I'm see. I, I wanna. I'm probably gonna side with you, Kay, because number one, you gotta remember, guys. Last time, Notre Dame and uh, Clemson matched up together. They had a true freshman out there. You know what I'm saying? I think that was one of his like. Uh, I think that was like his second game of the season because Trevor Lawrence was out due to COVID issues. So, um, if you're gonna go, I think they went to overtime. If you're going to overtime with a true freshman, I'm talking about this is his second game of the year against. A, a high-powered Notre Dame team, and you go into overtime and you and you lose by, um, I think one or two, and then you bring back you bring you bring back your your program franchise quarterback uh, Trevor Lawrence, who's um who's on a way a way higher level than his freshman. Then you guys are gonna have trouble. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, if we get a Notre Dame. Can move the ball down the field. Notre Dame's off. I mean, defense is one of the top ranked in the country. But like uh, King Sun said, Trevor Lawrence. You know what I'm saying? He's one of the. He's probably the, one of the best quarterbacks to step in college football in the in this uh, millennium. So I, mean, I feel like um, I feel like if if Clemson's defense tightens up and they and they play ball and they and they stop uh, Notre Dame's off, uh, rolling offense, I feel like. Uh, Clemson is going to walk away with it, and this is why I love, like you said, it's going to cause chaos because that's one those those one those two teams are one of the four teams in the college playoffs. So you never know. So this is why I really want Iowa to uh, to beat uh, Oklahoma because number one, you then you got you have you know if they come out, you have a slot open, and then now you have to choose between you know Texas A and M, who's ranked. Who I feel like Texas A&M shouldn't be ranked number five. I think I feel like that's a little too high for them. But you have you know Iowa State or Oklahoma looking to get in. You know what I'm saying? So let's not forget about Cincinnati too, because Cincinnati's not in eight and zero. They're nine right now. They're undefeated. Let's not let's not forget about Cincinnati. We'll talk about their championship game. Cincinnati undefeated. 
Um, I want, I kind of, like I said, I'm rooting for chaos. I'm kind of rooting for Ohio State to lose low key. <laughs> I just, don't. just to see what would happen. <laughs> not like because I'm not, no, not because it's like no Penn State, Ohio State beat. I just want to see, like, it's 2020. Let, let's do some chaos. I like, I, I would, in a perfect world, I would want Bama to lose. I would want Notre Dame to blow out Clemson or Clemson to blow out Notre Dame and Ohio State to get blown out by Northwestern just to see, uh. like, what would happen. I mean, if that would happen, you definitely got to get rid of Ohio State because they don't have enough resume. Clemson lost, so you got to get rid of them. And and then, like I said, like uh, last Wednesday, the committee loves Bama. Like, Bama could get blown out 45 nothing on Saturday. I wouldn't be surprised if they would be in the college football playoff still. And tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. They could lose 100 to nothing. They will still find a way to put Bama as a four seed in that playoff. If Bama if Bama lost to a team hundred to nothing, you absolutely no. They're not gonna put Alabama in there. That's absurd. That's the in the in the per in your perfect world probably yeah, but that's absurd. All right, but let, let let's let's go to the Mountain West Championship game. I mean, I don't think we got a lot of Mountain West fans in here, and if you are, you know, feel free to leave a comment. Um, we got Boise State versus San San Jose State. Um, I'm gonna let you pick this one because I don't know nothing about neither of these teams. I just know Boise State got a blue field. <laughs> well, Bo- uh, Boise State—they've been—they've um, been really like uh, one of those. <clears throat> Boise State been really one of those teams, you know what I mean? That been on and off lately. I mean, I remember uh, they used to be a powerhouse team, you know, one-two loss team. You know, I feel um, Boise State really got on the scene with the Statue of Liberty play against Oklahoma, so. But I feel like even though um, San Jose State is ranked 24, I feel like uh, Boise State is going to be too much. Because one thing I noticed, one thing I always knew about Boise State, they always had speed. They always – they had, like, a system, like, that no-huddle system was dangerous. So I feel like um, if if uh, if San Jose State is going to compete for that Mountain West Championship, they're going to have to uh, run out all their gashes, you know what I'm saying, all the suicides and – they're going to have to keep up with Boise State. I feel like Boise State is probably going to be too much for them. So, I'm picking Boise on this one. All right. So, let's go to the SEC title game. That is the Alabama Crimson Tide versus the Florida Gators. Um, this is going to be a good one. Um, people, uh, I don't know what the spread is right now on that game. Let me see. What's the spread on that game? They got Alabama by 17. Um, I don't think people give Florida a lot of credit. I think Florida is really good. They have a really good tight end and a really – they had a Heisman-leading candidate uh, quarterback, but I don't know if the loss is going to kind of cost them that award. But um, Alabama's no – Alabama's no stranger to the playoffs. They've been in the playoffs every year since the playoffs was created. Um, like I said, if Florida beats them, like you kind of have to – you kind of got to look at it like where are you going to put Bama if Florida beats them because Florida's seven – Bama's one. Do you put Florida in as the SEC championship, as the SEC champion, and take Bama out? Or I'm, I don't know. Well, um, I like. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was about to say Bama's the favorite, and they're a favorite for a good reason. And this is going to be a pick where like it's going to be based off emotion. I'm picking Florida just because I want to see what's going to happen to Bama and Florida beats them. I, I want it to be a close game, and Florida edges them out by a field goal. I want them to revenge that LSU loss on Bama. Well, here's the thing. So, um, 
Florida, if you can go all the way back to key championship rivalry games and stuff like that, uh, Florida, Alabama, all going all the way back to, uh, you know, um, uh, to Greg and Tebow, um, they, it, this, is a going, this is going to be like the I, I, you'll probably if you watch the game you'll probably see like a lot of flashbacks of of old uh, Florida winning against Alabama Alabama would be in Florida in the SEC championship but um I, I feel like you know if you look at that game against LSU against Florida uh, Saturday um, they didn't have Kyle Pitts the uh, tight end who's probably he should be a top five draft pick you know what I'm saying and he if people don't know he came out he is from Philadelphia. Um, and then I, uh, they said they're getting back, uh, I think, two, three more offensive weapons for um, for uh, for the quarterback at uh, Florida. So I feel like – and you got to remember um, Trash, he's uh, the quarterback from Florida. He is the um, first Florida Gator to throw for uh, more touchdowns in program history. So, I mean, you got a good, you got a good quarterback. You got a pretty good offense. You got a – you have an okay stingy defense. You just have to be um, – you just have to play smart. You have to play aggressive. You know what I mean? Uh, one thing I noticed about Alabama, they're kind of a finesse team. You know what I'm saying? They're going to go down the field and – you know what I'm saying? They're going to go down the field. They got receivers and go up and get it. You just have to play aggressive with them and, and stay in the ball game. Then on the other hand, you got – like Alabama is legit. You know what I'm saying? You got you got um, Najee Harris. Najee Harris – listen, this guy, this man hurdles somebody every game. He's – He's probably going to be the next premier back in the NFL. Um, he's a, and then you have uh, the receiver Smith. So um, they have weapons. You know what I mean? Like Alabama, you have uh, the quarterback uh, Wilson. Like everybody, like there's weapons. Alabama is the factory of weapons. They bring they they bring in great athletes every year. So my thing is that this. I feel like if if Florida can match up to Alabama's, like, uh, playmaking, then I feel like Florida can sweep past. You know what I'm saying? This is going to be one of those, you know how every year there's a great team that loses. I feel like this is that year that Florida's going to come in and they're, and they're going to hear all the things like, oh, they're about to get crushed, and they're going to come in and they're going to upset uh, Alabama by, like, probably either game-winning field goal or game-winning interception. Oh, well, then we're definitely in the green. So I'm saying Bama lose. So let's go to the AAC championship game. That is Tulsa versus Cincinnati. That was a game that was supposed to be played last week, but due to COVID issues, they canceled it and they just decided that they were going to just duke it out in the title game. I like Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati's ranked number nine. Uh, what's his name? The coach, Luke Fickle. Um, great offensive of mind. I think he's going to have those boys ready to play Tulsa. But don't sleep on Tulsa, though. Tulsa's 24th in the country right now. Uh, Tulsa's going to try to um, put up some points on the board to compete with Cincinnati. But overall, I think Cincinnati has too much, and they're going to end up winning the AAC um, championship game and hoping for chaos in the top four so they can possibly sneak in as a pop, um, group of five, a group of five conference to get in. So I'm rocking well, with the Bearcats. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with okay, I'm gonna have to go with you on this one. I'm rocking with the Bearcats. I mean, they've been playing really good. And I, there was one game, I, I, if I can remember, it was one game they were kind of losing and they came back and won. So they showed a lot of gas, especially they're eight and ranked number nine. So you know what I mean? And um then again, um 
So, so they're uh, they're ranked. I, I honestly didn't know they were ranked. You know, even though they're like there was I think six and one, and I and I didn't know they were ranked. So, I mean, they're, they're like one of those sneaky ranked teams that just kindly snuck in and got ranked, especially with this COVID uh, situation and stuff like that. I feel like if COVID wasn't around, they probably wouldn't be ranked. But you know, Lord willing, they are. But I feel like uh, Cincinnati is going to be too much to be up for them to handle. Yeah, they're actually ranked 23rd. Tulsa is ranked 23rd, but I definitely agree with you. I feel like if this was – there was no such thing as COVID-19, Tulsa would not be ranked. I don't think Cincinnati would be ranked as high as eight either. Um, We got the MAC championship. We got Buffalo versus Ball State. I'm not going with Buffalo. I seen one MAC game this year, and it happened to be <laughs> Buffalo, and they destroyed it. I think the Bull had like eight touchdowns. So, oh just God. off that knowledge alone, I'm rocking with Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm okay, I'm going to go with you on this one. Uh, I think – who I'm, I'm trying to see. I think – I'm trying to look at – I think they played uh, Atkins or something like that. Arkins. Akron. Uh, Akron. Akron. Yeah, thank you. Akron uh, last week. And they won, and they were – I think I blinked once, and they were up 21 nothing. And then I was like, all right, okay. And then I looked back, and the score was – the game was over, and it was 56 to, to 7. So, I, I kind of feel like this Buffalo team, even they're 5 and 0, they deserve to be ranked. You know what I'm saying? If you look at their all five wins, all their five wins have been convincing wins. I mean, you know, just going down the list real quick, I don't know, against Northern Illinois, 49 to 30, against uh, Miami, Ohio, 42 to 10, against uh, – Against Bowling Green, uh, it was forty-two to seventeen. Kent State seventy to forty-one, and the how the Howell game got canceled. Then against Akron, they they fifty-six to seven. Yeah, uh, Ball State might as well pack it up and just give them the trophy. Um, I gotta disagree with you as far as Buffalo being ranked. I mean, it's just the conference that they play in. They play in the MAC. It's not. It's it's a competitive league within itself. Besides Buffalo this year, because they decided to take the league by themselves, but it's a competitive league, but it's just not competitive enough with the big boys. Um, a matchup that a bowl game that I would be rooting for is Buffalo coastal Carolina. I know it's not going to happen because coastal Carolina is looking at the new year six bowl. Um, I would, I would want to put Buffalo in the new year six bowl just to see what they could do against the big boys. Um, but I know they're probably not even going to be, they might not even see a bowl game because a lot of these bowl games are getting, um, canceled, but, you know, if somebody from the New York Six Bowl, New York Six Bowl committee, they should take a look at Buffalo, because I would want to see Buffalo play a uh, Iowa State or Georgia or Cincinnati if they don't get in. Um, Buffalo was a very dominant team. I just want to see can they do that again. Um, do you know you know what team that people are forgetting out of nowhere that are pro- that is probably going to be in a New York Six Bowl and could face uh, Coastal Carolina? Liberty? Not BYU. Y'all remember man. about that. I don't care Listen, about no BYU, man. BYU is for real. You like you can't you can't say you can't sit there and say, oh, Coastal Carolina is for real and not say BYU is not for real. Cause no, why is was... nobody talking about Liberty? Why is nobody talking from my, my boys in Virginia? I, I honestly don't think they would have beat BYU or Coastal. They definitely would have beat um BYU. Nah. We forget about Malik Willis. Let me bring it. Go ahead, keep talking to the people. I, I'm gonna nah, it. I don't. I, I, I get. I get. You know what I'm saying? Dynamic bull through a quarterback. But come on now, this is what 
this is what game plan, this is what game situations are for. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like the game, listen, I feel like the game would have been close, but but you're saying, so you're, you're telling me, right, that uh-huh. he, that Liberty could beat BYU? All right, before right. you before you go any further, let me let me go down. I know Liberty. he got you know two thousand yards, twenty touchdowns. No, 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 no. I'm not going for his stats. I'm going about who Liberty played and who they beat. Liberty started off the season against Western Kentucky, beat them thirty twenty four. They played yeah. Florida International, beat them thirty six thirty four. Played North Alabama, beat them twenty eight seven. Played uh, University of uh, Louisiana Monroe, beat them forty to seventy. They went and scheduled some big boys in the ACC. They beat. Syracuse 38-21. They beat Southern Miss 56-35. They beat Virginia Tech, who was ranked at the time, 38-35. They beat Western Carolina 58-14. They lost to NC State by one point, 15-14. They could have won that game if the Bull didn't miss a field goal. And then the last time I saw them was playing the University of Massachusetts. Shout out to Victor Cruz. Uh, They beat them 45-0. So, I mean, Liberty has a chance to play with a um, – I don't know why they can't play with a Buffalo or a Coastal Carolina or a BYU. Can I say something? Go ahead. Do your thing. Do your thing. All right. Number one, Syracuse is not good. I think BYU and Coastal could be, uh, uh, be, be Syracuse. Syracuse. Okay, I agree with that. But the Virginia Tech game, tell me that you can see some one of these teams beating Virginia Tech. Well, yeah, I can see Coastal beating Virginia Tech. Nah, you can't disrespect Virginia Tech like that. Why can't they? You can't. They they play well. So so all of a sudden because but but what if now imagine this now imagine Liberty coming in at six and zero versus Virginia Tech you would you would thought Liberty would have won. Hold on, repeat that one more time. Imagine Liberty coming in to Virginia Tech at six and zero. You would have thought that that you would think you would think that Virginia Tech would blow them out, right? Come on, K-Son. Don't do that, man. Don't do that, yo. But this is my thing. I feel like people just disrespecting Liberty because they play – they're in they're, – I think they're independent or they play they, – yeah, they – no. I don't know where they play at, to be honest. I think they're independent. I want to see they're independent. But we just can't forget about Liberty. That's the thing. Like, everybody's talking, old Coastal Carolina, old Buffalo, old Cincinnati, old BYU, but we forget about Liberty, like – why can't Liberty play in one of these games and show that they can play on the big stage? They got the coach for it. They got Hugh Freeze. They got the talent. They 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 they're one of the teams out of all the teams that we're talking about now that actually played against a a, a power five conference, the ACC. Yeah, they played probably the bottom feeders, but they they still scheduled them though. You can't say the same with Coastal Carolina, who was forced to play BYU because the Liberty game got canceled, and then Buffalo plays in the MAC. And then BYU was trying to duck everybody. Um, a lot of teams from the Pac-12 were trying to play uh, BYU, and they were like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to play. Uh, da, 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 da. I think uh, Washington was trying to play BYU, and they, and they ducked them. So that's why I don't, want her, I don't want to hear anything about BYU because they're scared to play competition. I still, I don't know. I, I don't know. Nah, so, bro, you got- so I'm, saying, I'm, saying, I'm saying, so you trying to tell me, you you don't think you don't think BYU proved themselves against Coastal? I mean, they played a good we, game against Coastal because Coastal is for real. You know what I'm saying? Coastal so why not? Why not play Washington? If you think you're that good, why not play Washington? You don't think Coastal Carolina was going to play Washington? No, I know Coastal Carolina would have played anybody. I'm not doubting that. I'm doubting BYU. 
If you're BYU, why not play Washington? If you're so good and you could, why why schedule Coastal Carolina when you could have played Washington? I feel Who like was, I, I feel like you did. You go to Liberty? I feel like you did. The way doing, I got recruited, I got I got recruited to play basketball ah, at Liberty. There we go. So okay, it's, okay. it's a little bit of bias in my voice. A little bit of bias. I got recruited to, to go to Liberty. I mean, I chose Penn State, Randy Wine at the end of the day because Liberty was a Christian school. But I'm I've liked what I've seen from Liberty so far. I just feel like BYU was scared to play Washington. I feel like Liberty or Coastal Carolina or Buffalo, if given the opportunity, would have played Washington. You can't tell me you you disagree to that. Uh, all right, I, I don't disagree. Okay, I got you. All right, I feel you. I feel you. Okay. So let's talk about the Big Ten and what they're doing. I think it's a creative idea to have more games on Saturday. Because usually, um, if there's no COVID-19 championship, um, week is reserved for only those championship games. But now we have, like, a bunch of Big Ten games. Um, the Big Ten is playing. It's the Big Ten East and the Big Ten West. So, of course, we got the championship game between the first team in the East and the first team in the West. So they're doing that for every other conference. The second best team in the East, please the second best team in the West, so on, so on. What do you think about that? Do you think that's something that could stick? Or do you just think that's something just for COVID just to get the fans more football to watch? I think it's just something for fans just to watch and stuff like that. I feel like on a on a regular basis, I feel like on a regular basis, like uh, uh I feel like not, like it's it's not like it's not going to stick. Like on a regular basis, they're going to follow through a protocol. You know what I mean? They're going and they're going to like stick with the regular stuff. I mean, I, I'm I'm a big fan of it. I mean, I don't know if you can do that because of the television rights. But I'm a pretty big fan of it. I mean, Penn State's playing Nebraska. Um, that's can help their bowl cause our case, I guess. Um, but, yeah, let's let's do some bowl predictions. So, what's your thoughts on any bowl predictions? All right. So, um, for – so, the first projected bowl, because um, I, got, I, got uh, I got the list right here. Um, so – uh, right now on December nineteenth, you have the uh, the the Peach Bowl, and so the predictions are uh, usually they're saying uh, the teams that are supposed to be there. They have some predictions. Would be I'm sorry, not the Peach Bowl. I'm sorry, the uh, the Smoothie Cafe Bowl would be Tulsa and UTSA, or they also have uh, SMU. Versus Charlotte. So, what do you say about that one? Um, repeat that. Repeat the Peach Bowl game again. Uh, I'm sorry. It was supposed to be the Smoothie Cafe, then the Peach Bowl. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I didn't hear the team. So, you can repeat the teams again. Okay. So, for the Smoothie Cafe, uh, the Smoothie Cafe Bowl, you had Tulsa versus T uh, UT, uh, SA, and then you have um. SMU and Charlotte. So those four um, teams right there. I'm going with SMU. SMU in that say, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. SMU is pretty good. SMU is pretty good. It's just the conference. And then the Smoothie Cafe, well, that sounds like a interesting bowl. Um, I don't know about that game. That, that would be an interesting game. That's a game that I'd probably stay away from if I was betting. So I'm not too sure on that game. <laughs> I'd probably stay away from that one. But just for fun, I probably would pick somebody, but I don't know who I would pick just to put it in a parlay. 
right. I mean, I would go with, uh, with like the people competing. I would like to see Tulsa and SMU. I feel like they kind of match up, especially how they playing this year. They they both uh, they're what they're one of those teams where you know they're not going punch you in the mouth, but they're like a home run hitter. You know what I'm saying? So like if they need a play, they'll, uh, they'll jump off the bat and hit a home. Excuse me, hit a home run. So the next one we had on December 21st, we had the Peach Bowl, and the four teams being selected. Uh, once again, we have Charlotte. Then you have uh, Troy. Um, then you have uh, Appalachian State. And then you have uh, UB at UAB. So, uh, uh, I would love to see Appalachian State uh, UAB game. I feel like those are two teams um, that you know if you really don't follow college football. You really don't know a lot about Appalachian State is one of the teams that like you know a lot of Power Five schools are scared to play against because they will come into your house and disrespect you. They one of them people <laughs> that come into your couch, start jumping on your couch, eating your food, disrespecting your girl. <laughs> So I'm rocking with Appalachian State because I, I just know a little bit more about them, and I know that that's a program that, you know, produces winners. Yeah, I'm going to have to rock with, you know, App State. Uh, <clears throat> App State, one, one thing I can um, I can say about App State is that, you know, they've competed against, they've competed against teams in a, the SEC, you know what I mean? So I feel like I would like to see them at uh, UAB. I feel like UAB has kind of been a dark horse in college football this year. I feel like they've been winning. Winning games, but and like and convincingly, and nobody has been noticing them. But to win it all, I feel like yeah, I got App State doing it. So um, December twenty second, we have the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. So uh, the four teams we have is uh, San Jose State, BYU, Fresno State, and Western Michigan. So uh, who you liking those? I'm gonna go Fresno State, Western Michigan for that game. Because I can see BYU in another bowl. Um, I'm going to have to rock out with Western Michigan. I, I kind of seen them play a Mac game on the Tuesday night because it was nothing better to do. And then I remember the coach that's currently at Minnesota. Um, he had he brought, he brought built that program to what that program is now. I just think Western Michigan is one of those teams that people don't really pay attention to because it's a starter job where, like, you know, you start and you – build that program up and then one of these schools, the lower level schools in uh in the power five will call you. So I'm rocking with Western Michigan off, off the strength of that. All right. So um so for me, I I, I like that like the you know Fresno State versus Western Michigan. I feel like uh those teams kind of even though they got I think they had different styles of plays, I feel like I, overall Ever since, ever since I saw Western Michigan do the fake spike into the end zone against Toledo, I've been Yo. a fan of Western. <laughs> I forgot I'm, about that. Yo, that's the game that I was telling you about that I bet it on. Yeah, that was a crazy game for the year. For that reason alone, shout out to Tom for remembering that. Yo. <laughs> that alone, <laughs> Western Michigan is going with that game. If y'all didn't see yeah. that game, that fake fight was yo. That's fake. Oh my god, it was, it was so perfect. crazy. I thought he was really going to spite that job. And then I'm saying next to my girl, I'm like, yo, babe, they what? I just won like $50 off a $5 bet. That game was crazy. So shout out to Tom for remembering that, man. You you, you a real one. Yeah, I mean, so, so ever since that play, I just, mind you, I, I had, um, I forgot what the spread was, but it covered for me. And I just remember them coming back, winning. And the spread was close. I think it was like minus three. 
and it was t- and then they hit the spike and they and they won by like I think six uh, after the uh, the fake spike. So ever since then, I've been a huge uh, Western Michigan fan. So I would like to see Fresno State, Western Michigan, and um, I'm going with Western Michigan. And on the same day, uh, I don't know how you say this uh, word. I think it's like Boca Rutin Bowl. Um, it's a bowl in Florida. I mean, I think it's a state in Florida. But I know um, this bowl game has the bowl game with uh, UCF and Liberty. And then also saying it's also picking uh, UCF again and Florida Atlantic. So who you got here? I'm at the rock of all UCF versus Liberty. And going back to my bias here as far as Liberty, I feel like that's a good game for Liberty, even though I would want them to play somebody a little bit better than UCF. But I feel like Liberty is one of those schools because, um, you know, they always put in schools in different conferences later. I feel like, if anything, what's that conference, the AAC? I feel like that's a statement game to prove that Liberty can play in the AAC. I think it would match up for them because you got Temple, um, East Carolina, Cincinnati. It will be, be a little good game to prove to that conference, like, hey, you know, let us play in your conference, maybe a football-only membership. Uh, I'm a rock out with Liberty, but I feel like it's going to be a close game because that boy that plays for UCF, uh, UCF can ball. But I'm going to have to rock out with Liberty because I feel like that dual threat quarterback Malik Willis is going to do his thing and, and come up on come up on top. All right. Um, I feel like I, I feel like Liberty could play uh, in a better bowl game. But then again, I feel like uh, UCF is a perfect game for them to see if I feel like if Liberty is for real, you know what I mean? Because, you know, a few years, not too long ago, UCF, um, they did that undefeated season and started calling themselves national champions. So, I mean, I feel like this would be a good matchup to see if they were for real, you know what I mean? So, um, due to, like, to time, um, what we're, uh, we're going to do is we're going to uh, probably just skip to, like, the more important bowl games that are at hand. So, we're going to start off with the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. So, in this one, you have you only have two teams picked. So, you have Iowa State and Texas A&M. So, okay, who do you got between Iowa State and Texas A&M? You already know my feelings on Iowa State. I think they're overrated. I think they're ranked too high. I'm uh, rocking out with Texas A&M, uh, Jimbo Fisher. Just they just the better conference. We're talking about SEC football here. Um, they've played a lot more better teams. They played Florida, and they, remember, Texas A&M is the only team to beat Florida besides LSU. But technically, we all know if the Bull doesn't throw his shoe, um, Florida wins that game. He's uh, by the field goal. But I'm rocking out with Texas A&M. I just think. They have the better conference, and they they're in a better position to win that bowl game. You you know I see. The thing is, I can't see Iowa State in the Combo Classic because I feel like they're going to be in the playoffs. But then again, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Texas A&M really doesn't deserve to be ranked high. Or, you know what I'm saying? Only reason because like I feel like who did they the teams that they were supposed to play really good against and compete against, they didn't. Like, when you're supposed to compete against Alabama. Like, like games like that, even if they but lose. But, bro, we talking Alabama, like, Alabama, though. Alabama. But I'm saying, though, games like that, you lose by, like, by by a touchdown or a field goal. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you want to be in the playoffs, them losing like that just proves that they shouldn't be ranked number five fighting for a playoff spot. 
So I feel like this is right. But we where can't not dismiss the Florida window. Like Florida was one of the hottest teams at that point, and they came through and cooled Florida down. I mean, I get it, but we just can't forget about that Florida. That's the that's they they five and one. I don't know who they lost. Well, Alabama, of course. But dang, but I mean, I don't know. I just don't like Iowa State. I feel like two, three losses. I don't, I don't think you should be in. I, and I and I got them I think- losing Oklahoma this weekend. Yeah, I got if 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 they lose, if they lose the street and they have to go to the combo pleasant versus Texas and I'm to the Ottawa State, baby. So um this next one is I don't know if it's kind of an important bowl, but it kind of it's starting to show a lot of competition in it. The AutoZone Liberty Bowl, where you have uh, you actually have three teams selected in this bowl projection. You have one TCU in Kentucky. In Tennessee, so who you got there, man? Um, I'll go TCU Kentucky. That'd be a really good matchup. Um, I'm gonna rock out with Kentucky. I just feel like the SEC is a better conference. I, I know I'm saying that a lot, but the SEC is a very competitive con- conference. I mean, Alabama, like because you have to play Alabama, you have to get ready so you recruit better. Like, of course, you're not gonna recruit at the level of Alabama. But you're gonna recruit to the point where like you're gonna be better than majority of the power five conferences. Um TCU's on the rise. I mean, TCU hasn't, I mean, they fell off a little bit, but I definitely can see um who did I just pick? I yeah, I could definitely see Kentucky winning that game. All right. Well, for me, uh I'm definitely going definitely had to take TCU in this. I mean, they haven't played to their highest in the TCU, but they do deserve a bowl game. Um, hey, yeah, I would take Kentucky too. I don't, I wouldn't take Tennessee. I feel like, um, Tennessee is like on and off, like you know, what I'm saying one minute they're playing, they're playing good, the next minute they're losing the game. So, um, what I would do is I would definitely take TCU and Kentucky. I feel like Kentucky, I feel like Kentucky will win this game because, like you said, like when you played in the, the, S, the SEC, you have to prepare for like teams like Bama and stuff like that. And I feel like in games against like Florida and other games besides the Alabama game, they really, they competed really well. So um, before we go on to the, uh, these next bowl games, we have a question. So let's let's listen in. Alabama's winning it all this year, and I say that much to my chagrin, man, because I'm an LSU fan. Okay, but dude, Alabama's the best program in the country. That's just what it is, man. Nick Saban, he's the goat. College football coach. It's just what it is. Yeah. God bless it. You guys are really smart, too. I'm going to shoot y'all a follow. God bless y'all. Thank you. Appreciate the love, man. Appreciate appreciate it, man. But so to to respond to Nervous Larry, you're going to hate me for saying this, but I don't think Alabama's going to win it all this year. I think the Ohio State, but that's just me being an Ohio State fan. You know what I'm saying? I can't. I can't, I can't say, yeah, you know what? Alabama's going to win it all, you know what I'm saying? Even though my friends heard me say they won't win it all, they were looking at me like I'm stupid. But listen, I am a diehard Ohio State Buckeyes fan. I feel like we will win it every year, you know what I'm saying? Just like how Dallas Cowboys fans did, they're winning every year. I, like Ohio State, listen, we, we might win every year, you know what I mean? And, um, I, but, uh, I feel, you know what I'm saying? With that Alabama team, I just feel like if you could just stop their offense, I mean, if – you know what I'm saying? If. You ever seen, like, the Hercules movie, like, if. If it's good. So, like, if if you can stop that offense, then you might have a chance. What about you, Kay? Um, I mean, Nervous Larry, I mean, you're definitely right as far as Alabama being the 
the cream of the crop when it comes to college football. Um, I, I mean, can't forget about Clemson. They struggle against Clemson for some reason. Notre Dame has a really good defense. It's just Ian Book. I don't know if Ian Book is going to be able to play in a big moment. And then Ohio State is always a dangerous team. You know, it kills me to say this because I'm a Penn Stater at heart, but Ohio State, Justin Fields is the truth, man. He's he not going to be the number two pick for no reason. Like, he 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 can play football. Um, and then Ryan Day is going to have them boys ready. It's just Ohio State defense. And then, you know, Tom can, can attest to this. I just don't think Ohio State defense isn't the defense of yesteryear. No, no, um, but, uh, I'm – I'm praying that Florida beats Alabama. I know I sound crazy. I just want to see chaos. Like, it's 2020 <laughs> and we deserve chaos. This is the year where, like, I need them to expand the playoffs to eight. And the only way we can get that is if we get chaos and Alabama finds a way not to get in. But let's play this message before we get any further. Oh, God, WXN1. Like, I don't hate you for saying uh, Alabama's not going to win. You know, like, I hate Alabama. Like, I'm an LSU fan. Um, by the way, you're an Ohio State fan. Thank you for Joe Burrow. Appreciate that very much, man. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Um, yeah, Ohio State's good, you know, but like, damn, like, I just feel like Nick Saban's like beating COVID in like three days. You know what I mean? Like that dude, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think he sold his soul to the devil, man. Um, and it's SEC, dude. Like, you know, I'm sure you're a fan of the Big Ten, but come on, man. SEC, dude. But no, Ohio State's good too. Like honestly, Ohio State, Clemson, and Bama are the best college programs. Like if I had a son and he was trying to pick one of those, or like he was trying to, he can go anywhere he wanted to, like to play football. Those would be in the top three for sure. Ah, uh, nervous, Larry. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, listen, I, I honestly feel like we we gave y'all a gimme, man. I feel like if if we if there was no Justin Fields, there'd probably be a Joe Burrow, or Ohio State. But listen, listen. This is the re. This is, is he he went to LSU and he became Joe Burrow the Great. But my my thing is this. So um, when it comes to like you know, I know he said I know you're Big Ten, but you gotta love the SEC. I I truly don't like Alabama. Reason why um I when it comes to being like a if you watch the SEC, I always love watching Arbor. Like you know what I'm saying. So like usually like. I'm a diehard Buckeyes fan till death, but if the SEC was on, I will always root for Arbor. Um, reason why I grew up watching, come on, I grew up watching Cam Newton. If, if nobody didn't watch Cam Newton growing up uh, in 2010 when he played for Auburn, it was probably he made he made he, not even playing by playing quarterback. He made football look so fun, like watching him work hard and then seeing him. Like run around like that and lead lead a Auburn team that had I think he was the only draft pick out of that Auburn national championship team. It just ever since then I fell in love with Auburn. Like you know what I'm saying, from Cam Newton to the kick six to you know some them being to them being Alabama almost every year in this in this decade. So I mean I gotta I gotta stick with Bama. I mean I gotta stick with uh, War Eagle baby. Uh, what you got saying that, Kay? Oh. Me personally, I went to Penn State, so I've been a Penn State fan probably since I was in New York. I, I grew up in Brooklyn. I remember watching Joe Paterno and them boys. I mean, they were never. They, like, we always can compete with Ohio State, 
but um, like I got sure. the time earlier, we just a little brother. We just a little brother, but um, me personally, if I had somebody, I would I would want my son to build his own program. Like I would want him to go to like a, a program that's not really known, so he could build it up and you know uh, be the face of the franchise. But the the piggyback off what you said as far as Cam Newton, I remember that year. I think I was in tenth grade or maybe eleventh grade. Cam Newton really made football fun to watch. Like I. I had friends that didn't like college football that would come over to my house, and when Auburn was playing, they, they would want to see Cam Newton. He did the whole Superman thing. It just was fun. The read option, it just was a fun time to watch college football. Um, Cam Newton did his thing. I mean, unfortunately, his career is on the tail end of his career, um, but Cam Newton definitely did his thing. And then as far as Alabama, I mean, Alabama's Alabama. It's just like, they, they they the kings today today ain't the kings no more and it's like everybody's trying to beat Alabama. I think the closest two teams is going to be Ohio State and Clemson and Clemson's on the knocking on the doorstep to lock them off the throne. Um, we'll see what Notre Dame could do if 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 they can get in. But let's take this message though. Now I will say this about the uh, dichotomy between like Big Ten and SEC. Big Ten uh, quarterbacks. In the pros, like shit on SEC quarterbacks, for the most part. I mean, obviously Cam Newton, SEC quarterback, uh, Peyton Manning, uh, Tua, Joe Burrow, um, who else? Tannehill. You know, SEC produces quarterbacks, you know, but like, I feel like, shoot, man, it's kind of hard to make an argument against Tom Brady from Michigan and Drew Brees from Purdue, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's not wrong about that, though. No, he's the Big not Ten, wrong yeah, The Big Ten definitely has better quarterbacks than the SEC. SEC, they don't really ask too much of their quarterbacks. Like, Y'all, look at Alabama, for example. Alabama doesn't ask too much for their quarterback to do. Alabama's kind of like how what you, um, they're game managers. Like, they're not going to lose yeah. you the game. But they're not going to win you the game. The only person I could say in the last 10 years that actually came through Alabama and made plays was Tua. Tua came in and would throw the ball deep. Um, Jalen Hurst wasn't that guy to throw. He was, he was a game manager. But I don't know if that's because, like, Nick Saban wasn't allowing him to do his thing because when he went to Oklahoma, I saw a different Jalen Hurst. I didn't think that yeah. was the same quarterback. So I just thought, like, maybe it was Nick Saban holding him back. But Tua – was definitely one of the guys. Cam was definitely one of the guys. I don't remember Tanning Hill. I know he played at Texas A&M. I don't remember him. I remember Johnny Manziel, but I don't remember Tanning Hill for whatever reason. Well, Tanning Hill, he actually played with Von Miller. They were actually teammates. So, but um, my thing on that is, like, the SEC, I think the biggest L y'all ever took at quarterback was Jamarcus Russell. I think Ooh. and mind you, mind you guys, Boy, now, in hard. college, I cannot I can't say anything about him in college because he was an absolute beast in college. You know what I'm saying? If you guys remember, they they that offense was stacked. So I it just it just that was just probably the biggest L production you guys had. But um but moving thank you Nurse Larry for you know bringing us down memory lane about quarterbacks in the SEC. But can, uh, moving on with the bowl games, next we have uh, next we have the 
the Chick-fil-O Peach Bowl. Now, I think about this bowl game, I feel like this bowl game really tells, like, like brings in, like, teams that were projected to be really good, and the, and this is going to prove, like, prove if they were for real or not. So there's only two teams that are projected in this game, and it's Georgia versus Cincinnati. So who you got on this one, Kay? Yeah, I definitely got to agree with you. Uh, I remember Penn State playing in the Peach Bowl the year that we won the Big Ten Championship and Ohio State still got in. And I think we creamed Washington. Um, Peach Bowl is definitely one of those bowl games where you try to prove the, uh, your point to the committee, like, yo, we really that team. But with that said, I'm going to have to rock out with Cincinnati. I just think Cincinnati's for real. I think they're going to miss out on the playoffs because as much as we want chaos, I don't think we get it this year. I think everybody's going to handle business. But I, I'm rocking out with uh, Cincinnati. Um. Now, my thing, or when it comes to this game, you know, when it comes to Georgia, a lot of people, a lot of games I saw that Georgia was playing, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a close game. Oh, yeah, against Georgia, it's going to be a close game. Georgia's going to win, but it's going to be a close game. And Georgia absolutely dominated, okay? You know what I'm saying? JT Daniels and Pickens, you know what I'm saying? That combo, they're looking like A-Rod and Devontae Adams, okay? So, I feel like Georgia is – I feel like – Wait a this minute. Game you said JT Daniels, the quarterback that used to win for USC? Yeah, you didn't know he was the starting quarterback for Georgia? Bro, if I told you I watched the Georgia game, I'd probably lie to you. I ain't seen Georgia play all year. Nah, <laughs> yeah, JT, JT Daniels is the starting quarterback for Georgia. And his combination with the receiver uh, Pickens, they, I'm trying to tell you, A-Rod and Devontae Adams, their connection is magic. And I feel like I feel like Cincinnati going up against like SE, like this is like me saying SEC in uppercase letters. Like Cincinnati going against a SEC team, you feel me? I had to deepen my voice a little bit because you know what I'm saying. SC, the SEC is literally like you can look at it like this: if you go, to, if you bring it, bring it, uh, if you, if your girlfriend, say your girlfriend was the uh, the a, the ACC, and she's bringing you over to her family, and her big brothers is the Big Ten, and the the older brother that hasn't been seen in years finally appears. And that's the SEC. You know what I'm saying? I feel like Cincinnati is going to have trouble dealing with Ar- um, let's say Arbor, have trouble dealing with Georgia's offense. And I feel like that defense of Georgia is finally going to come through and it's going to be too much for Cincy. So I got Georgia. I feel like since, since he got a, since he's trying to prove, like, yo, we could play with the big boys. Um, and then Luke Fickle is going to be trying to move out of Cincinnati, trying to get one of these jobs. I mean, Vanderbilt is open in the SEC. Uh, Vanderbilt is probably one of the least attractive spots in the SEC, and that's because of the academic requirements. It's hard to play in the SEC when you got ridiculous academic uh, requirements because it's hard to balance football and college as it is. It's hard to balance athletics and college as it is. But, you know, if Lou Fickle wanted to prove his point, I feel like he should take that Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt job and, you know, show the world what he could really do. Yeah. Um. So, guys, for everybody who's listening, if you guys we're going to finish up with these last few bowl game projections. But if you guys have anything to ask us, any questions, please don't be shy. Let us know, and we'll, we'll answer them uh, as we finish the show. So the next the next game, like the next kind of important game, I feel like we um, there is is the Outback Bowl. And you're not going to believe who they have selected. So it's three teams. They have Iowa, Missouri. Are you ready? Drumbo, please. LSU. So – which, who who you got, man? 
If I gotta pick this boy, I'm going Iowa LSU because it's just it's just a fun. It's gonna draw people to the TV screen. Iowa LSU got Big Ten SEC. Um, I'm gonna go with Iowa. I've seen Iowa Ooh. play. I seen them play against Penn State. Um, Iowa defense is legit. Um, LSU yeah, put off a win. Yeah, but LSU. I mean, they squeaked out a win against Florida, but they just having a down year. Um, and that and for that reason, I got I I got Iowa. I mean, I'm a Big Ten homer, but I got Iowa. Um. Well, for this one, yeah, like you said, you know, um, you gotta remember Missouri is also in the SEC. So, um, see, my thing is. People want to see Iowa and LSU, you know what I'm saying? You know, LSU got their big win, you know what I'm saying, over Florida. But, like, see, this is, like, in the dream world, it's Iowa versus LSU. But in reality, you got to give it to Missouri. Missouri's been playing really good football. Like, and I feel like they deserve a bowl game, you know what I'm saying, after, like, what their program's been going through, the ups and downs. So I'm going to take – Iowa and Missouri, I, I feel like it's going to be a defensive battle. Excuse me, but I feel like Iowa is going to go ahead and pull it out. Yeah, so, off of your game, yeah, off of your game, Iowa, Missouri, I mean, that would, that would be a good game to watch, but I know we're not talking to a lot of college football fans. So, I mean, as far as bringing people to the TV, but I mean, I probably rock out with Missouri in that game because, like, I watched a little bit of their game this week. Well, not this weekend, but like a pa- couple of their past games, and I'm like, "Yo, time was right. Like they played for real." But I wouldn't mind watching it either either game. Yeah. So we have two important bowl game projections left, and um, so so after this, what I want to do is um, and once we uh talk about these bowl projection games, Kason, before we end the show, I want to get I want to know what's your perspective on who you think deserves to be in the playoffs, the college football playoffs. But before we get to that, the, for the last two, number one, we have the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. The Fiesta Bowl, you can say the Fiesta Bowl is basically kind of like who, like who's going to be – I feel like whoever plays in the Fiesta Bowl every year is going to be that team that's going to be the, the team to look out for the following year. You know what I mean? If it's a break or make. Like who's going to be? If they're going to be like in the top ten, so we only have two teams, and the teams are USC and Indiana. So who do you got there? Ooh, that's the game I would watch. I, I lie to you not. That's the game that if I had to go to work, I'm calling out. Indiana, unfortunately, they beat my my Nittany Lions in the beginning of the season. Even though we all know, if you have eyes, that that ball did not cross the plane. But <laughs> <laughs> I digress. USC. I mean USC could possibly be um like uh uh one of these one of these teams that can still a spot in the top four if they can beat Oregon on Friday night. But I don't know, man. This is a difficult game. Indiana has offense, like that Ohio State game that they played, I'm like, man, like Indiana's for real. Like, you know how like teams in the beginning play well and then they fall off later in the season? I don't think if, like this was a full season. I don't think Indiana would have fought out. So for that reason alone, it kills me because I like USC. I'm gonna have to rock out with Indiana. Okay, so um, so the thing about it, um, I would love to. All right, so you the thing about USC, 
when it comes to like bowl games like this, their their games are always magical. I don't care if it's the Rose Bowl, the Orange Bowl, yada yada yada. They always play a magical bowl game. My thing with Indiana is they are this. They're the definition of gritty. If you've seen the, their coach, uh, I don't know their head coach name, but I've seen interviews with him and stuff like that. Their players love their coach. He is gritty. They respond to that. They play gritty. And I think the thing is, this game could go into overtime. Reason why? Because of how Indiana grit, how they're gritty, how they play. Um, another reason why is because, um, you know, USC, they're, they're finally getting back on top of things. So this game can go back and forth. But I kind of think that USC will, would be the, the victor here only because – um, Indiana starting quarterback. If anybody remembers, he tore his ACL, so uh, they're uh, they're going to be out without their star quarter their star quarterback. So they've been playing. They basically been playing with heart, trying to keep that one just having that one loss. So I feel like it's going to be a great game. But I just feel like since um since uh you uh Indiana doesn't have that dual threat quarterback, they have like a you know a pocket quarterback. I feel like uh USC is going to uh, wing it out. Yeah, but as far as Indiana's head coach's name is Tom Allen. Okay, yeah, yeah, Tom. If you guys, one thing I will tell you about for him, if you guys are listening, please listen. If you want some motivation, please go on YouTube, wherever you are, and type in Ty Allen's speech after the Ohio State loss for Indiana. Yes, we beat Indiana, but not by a lot. But hear his speech and hear how you can hear a pin drop because every player in there listen. You know what I'm saying? That those are the type of coaches that a lot of players should be thankful to play for. A coach that believes in a program that actually actually communicates with his players, that actually loves his players. You know what I'm saying? And and wants each and every every man on that roster to do good. You know what I'm saying? And you see what happens when when players believe in the coach and put coaches believe in the players. You know what I mean? They they respond well and they play good. That's the that is the vision of a good uh, football program. So, um, for the final one, before we go into our uh, our play our college football playoff bowl projections, we have the legendary Capital One Orange Bowl, where we have only two teams. That I think this might be probably the game of the year: uh, Florida versus Miami. And mind you, it is in Florida. It's in Miami Gardens, Florida. So I mean, that's the country. The, I mean, the, I say country, the state of Florida, right there. So what you what you got to say? Uh, on normal years, this is a this is a rivalry game. I think they play this game at the end of the year. At the end of the year, game twelve. Um, but you mean you can't make this game any more better than what it already is? It's the Orange Bowl. It's in Florida. You got two of the Florida teams playing. Um, Miami has a really, really good quarterback, De'Aaron King, who can make plays with his feet. But Miami's also been the team that sometimes they disappear, like against North Carolina. That's the game that I picked. Yeah, I, I wish that we did a little bit. Yeah, I wish we did a, a podcast on that. But North Carolina destroyed Miami. And then Florida's a team that, you know, if if they could beat Bama, they could possibly see themselves in the playoffs. Uh, this is a hard game to pick, but I got to rock out with the Florida Gators. I just think they're the better team in that offense. If it comes out to play, the quarterback and uh, tight end, I believe, um, that chemistry is too real. So I'm rocking out with the Florida Gators. All right. So 
on this one, you got you guys got to look at this. Florida and Miami, they all they both have great history. You know what I'm saying? From them, those '80s uh, Miami Hurricanes, Miami Hurricanes, all the way to those 2000 Miami Hurricanes, to those 2010 Hurricanes. You know what I'm saying? And then you got Florida with the great, you know, the great Florida players up to Team Tebow and 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 history on back. You know what I'm saying? So. My thing is, this would be the perfect matchup. I this 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 would probably be like a BCS national championship throwback game of the year. You know what I mean? If the BCS was still there, you know what I'm saying? This would be a national championship game, and I feel like both quarterbacks, um, both quarterbacks are good quarterbacks. Um, like Kajan said, I mean, I took surprisingly, I didn't think the outcome was related. I took North Carolina. I took their plus seven. But I didn't think it was going to be that bad of a game for them. But I feel like this is a game. If um, if anything, if Miami is going to be like Miami is back, or Miami just seem old, Miami good on paper, they play pretty good games, but they're really not good at all. And then, like you said, Florida could definitely be in the playoff projection. You know what I'm saying? So if they do do lose to Alabama, I feel like this this game is perfect for them. You know what I mean? But um, the outcome, I'm definitely going to take uh, Florida. You know what I'm saying? Kyle, uh, Kyle Pitts and uh, uh, that high power of uh, Florida offense. So, so anybody that's um, yeah, oh, my fault. I mean, because but anybody that's thinking Miami, I just want you to hear the score: North Carolina 62, <laughs> Miami, Florida 26. It's backwards if you really look at it, because the two and the six. But <laughs> yo. North Carolina, North Carolina is good. Don't get me wrong. I, uh, I'm a big Mac Brown fan, so I just want people to know, like, if you make your bets, that's the game that I want you to keep in the back of your mind if you think of Florida. But go ahead, Tom. So to um to end this show, uh, what we're gonna do is before we um you know give you guys our social media stuff like that, we're gonna do um our college football playoff uh, projections. So basically. Um, what me and Kesai are going to do, we're going to just pick four teams that we feel like there's going to be in the uh, the college playoffs so far. And it could be whatever team you want, team that you think they deserve it and stuff like that. So, And if it's like a team that's like, you know, if it's a team that's, you know, ranked number 10 or down and you think they deserve to be in there, put them in your top four, but you got to explain why. You know what I mean? So, Kesai, I'm going to let you rock out. Uh, so who's your top four? All right. So – I'm going to do it backwards. If I was picking, regardless of schedule, regardless of everything, my number four team would be Coastal Carolina. I feel like Coastal Carolina has proven to the world that they deserve to play in the playoffs. Call me crazy. Don't listen to the podcast anymore. Say no, listen to the podcast. Um, But I got to rock out with Coastal Carolina. My number three team is going to be the Ohio State Buckeyes. Just... um, they just they just run the Big Ten. <laughs> they run the Big Ten. Number two, I had to go with the Clemson Tigers. I mean, who are we kidding? Clemson Tigers they got the best quarterback. <laughs> best quarterback. That man's going number one. He's he's the best prospect since Andrew Luck. Let's not kid ourselves. Clemson Tigers gonna be in the playoffs. And then number one, of course, has to be Alabama. I mean, they the Kings for a reason. They got Nick Saban. They they don't they don't they, well, they don't have down years. <laughs> There's no such thing as a down year Alabama. 
if it's a down year, Alabama, best believe you're getting fired the next year. <laughs> if you're an offensive coordinator and your offense ain't playing well, Nick Saban don't play that. He's firing you. If the defense ain't up to par, you gone. It don't matter. You could be the water boy. <laughs> if, if the water ain't on time, Nick Saban let you go. It's a very structured program. I think Alabama would definitely be number one. So, for me, it would be Alabama versus Coastal Carolina and then Clemson versus Ohio State. Of course, Alabama would take care of business and destroy Coastal, Coastal Carolina as much as I love them and Tom loves them. Great Cinderella story. Alabama would be too much for them. And then in the Clemson-Ohio State game, um, ooh, that's the game of the first two picks, but I have to go with Clemson because I just think Clemson and that running back, um, ETN, is going to be too much for Ohio State's defense. If this was any other year, Ohio State defense probably would have been up to find and ready for it. But it's 2020. Anything can happen. So my championship game is going to be a repeat of the championship game last year. It's Alabama versus Clemson, and I'm rocking out with Alabama as the national champion. I just think better coaching staff. And like my man said, Nick Saban sold his soul to the devil because he beat COVID in three days. So I'm rocking out with Alabama. All right. Uh, So I'm going to go for one through four. So, of course, number one has to be uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. Like, of course, they are. You know what I'm saying? Just like Hassan said, Nick Saban. It's, I, it, is a, it has amazed me how Nick Saban was able to overdo COVID in three days, and usually even though you have to go through protocol. So, he, yes, he sold his soul to the, to the devil, sadly. And um, I just feel like right now they're the best team in college football right now. You know what I'm saying? They're hard to beat. They got a powerful offense. And they all, every year they have this, they have a sturdy, gritty uh, defense. Um, number two, you know, I got to go with my Ohio State Buckeyes. I just feel like uh, even the thing that scares me about us, though, is that um, our defense is what's not, is, is not as, as nowhere near as good as last year was. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like if we actually, you know, put – uh, put some uh, things together, you know what I'm saying? We actually, you know, go into the playoffs thinking like, yo, we could really win this going into the playoffs with some confidence. I feel like we might make a run for the national championship. So number um, – I will put number three as uh, Clemson. Um, I just feel like uh, Notre Dame is not going to be Clemson with, uh, with Trevor Lawrence. I know my uh, former college teammate, Barrett, would be very upset if you heard that, but I just feel like Notre Dame is just, they're not up there with uh, Clemson in the long run. And then number number four, I have to give it, like if I wanted somebody, my number four, if I wanted somebody in there, like I would have to agree with K-Sign too. I had to be close to Carolina. You know, they're the Cinderella story that deserves some recognition. So I feel like uh, Coastal would be up there, but um, playing wise, Coastal versus uh, Coastal versus Alabama, you know, you got to um, – I just feel like – see, the thing is, the thing about center rollers, you never know. Like, I feel like Alabama might have an outcome and win, but I, I feel like uh, Alabama is definitely going to win. I just feel like Coastal might actually give Alabama some competition. I know people are probably saying, like, yo, Tom, are, are you, you for real? Like – you know what I'm saying? And then the reason why – the only reason why I, I put Clemson on this list is because, listen, y'all, we've never beaten Clemson in the playoffs. I think we're like 0 and like 4 against Clemson in a bowl game. I think we lost to them in the Fiesta Bowl with uh, Braxton Miller. We got blown out when we had uh, JT. 
And I think, and for everybody who, everybody who keeps saying Clemson beat you guys, listen, we lost because of a misread from Olave, okay? It was a misread from the receiver, and um, and it was picked off. It wasn't like he threw the interception on purpose. I feel like if if we get Clemson again, we will beat them, and we will go to the national championship this year. So that's how I see it. So um, I want to thank you guys for coming to uh, phase one. You know how we talk about sports and stereo. Um for my information, um, guys, listen, if you guys want to follow me on any social medias, all you have to do is just type my name in. It's Tom Godwin. Um, I know uh, some people think it's Goodwin because they think there's a silent O, but it's not. So if you guys want to follow me on social media, just type in T-O-M-G-O-D-W-I-N. And uh, my profiles should uh, be the first uh, first ones to pop up. Okay, uh, son. All right. Shout out to everybody that was listening. We had 243 listeners tonight. Shout out to y'all. Y'all the real MVPs. Um, do me a favor, though. You see the hashtag on the bottom, Sports on Stereo. Um, we're a community here, so I got to represent for the community. Um, please follow that uh, um, that hashtag, Sports on Stereo. We're trying to get 50 by the end of the week. Um, but I know we could do more than 50. I think we can get 100. Um, but I got good news for everybody that loves the show. Um, I found a way to put us on multiple podcast streams. So if you listen to your podcast right. via Apple, via Google, um, right now for sure, we definitely on Spotify. So in the next 30 minutes, the show will be up on Spotify and SoundCloud. So, you know, go back, listen to the show, see what we did wrong, see what we did right, hit us up. But um, you can definitely follow me on Instagram at NK We Trust. Um, I have a betting page as well. It's NK We Trust Bets. Take a look at my parlays. Um, what I'm doing is people could DM me parlays. People uh, people could DM me player props, and I'll post it up. I'll give you a shout-out. Uh, I want to start doing competitions and stuff like that. Um, but it's been a blast with y'all. Um, the link of the podcast on Spotify is in the bio here. Um, if you want to follow me on Facebook, my name is Kason LaVenture. That's L-A-V-E-N-T-U-R-E. Um, shout out to everybody tonight for listening. It was a great show. Um, you know, we do our thing. We'll be back on Saturday. We'll be a little bit earlier on Saturday. So please subscribe on stereo. Please go ahead and subscribe on Spotify. And then when everything else gets on, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll definitely know uh, the other podcasts, streaming companies, if they approve us, but we definitely doing our thing. Um, if you want to be part of the show as well, you know, hit us up on the DM. We can always have somebody uh, pop up on the messages and we can um, answer some questions. We could do some picks. We're trying to be more interactive with the fans because we love you guys. All right. So um, I hope you guys have a great night. Thank you for coming to the show. All right. Be safe, everybody. <laughs>